pop culture events with throwback twist. I'm your host, Ty Gooden. Hello, world. This is your girl, Christina. And we are finally back after a lengthy and pretty busy hiatus. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> so in case you forgot, this season we'll be celebrating some of our favorite Black women in the music industry. And today we're going to talk about the legendary Beyonce. We want to talk about her career, not only as a solo artist, but we're also going to talk about her days in Destiny's Child as well. But before we get into all those details, please make sure that you follow us on all the socials. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Nostalgia Mix Pod, and you can keep the conversation going with us with hashtag Nostalgia Mix Pod. If you have any reaction to what we're saying or additional thoughts of your own, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify and rate our podcast. And we can also be found on Podbean. So it's been a while since you guys have heard from us. Uh, last episode was our Missy Elliott one, and that was all the way back in October of last year. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. So this is what happened. Yeah, it, it's just, we had recorded that episode and, you know, we were going to continue on. And this was the episode that we planned to do was to talk about Beyonce. And then things for me, um, and I can only speak for myself, just went completely off the rails as far as super busy i started going through a rough time like just mentally and i just didn't have it there i mean you know for lack of a for lack of a better way to explain it and not really wanting to get into all of that because that's not what this platform is for but i just didn't have it there and and by the time you know i really started kind of coming back around it was leading into the holidays and the holidays are usually when we take our break anyway you know and I mean, it's just, it's so crazy. And it's so true that, you know, when you stop doing something and the next thing you know, the time just goes by so fast. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I, it, the last few months have just kind of been blinking. You miss it. You know, um, mm-hmm. I think we, I, we've talked on this podcast about me working at a movie theater, which I don't work at anymore. I'm so thankful for that, to be honest. Um, but, you know, the holidays are the busiest season at a movie theater and it was just work, 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 work. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, you know, I was working for a company that was going through a lot of changes. And so it just seemed like every time you turn around, it was something new we were having to adjust to, some new policy, some new thing. And it just, it was never ending change. And I don't necessarily mind change in general. Um, you know, life moves on and you grow and you learn and all that stuff. But you can't be an effective employee if every time you turn around, the policies of the company are changing. Right. Um, and it was just kind of getting unbearable. Um, it was really just not a good headspace to be in, not a good environment to work at. Um, I miss, like, I love the people that I worked with, but I didn't want to work for that company anymore. So I made the decision to uh, not work there anymore and just work on some side hustles and go back to my other, you know, seasonal type of job. And that's literally what I've been doing, just kind of trying to keep my head down and stay focused and uh, just take care of me. Um, I think that's kind of what we've both been doing is just mm-hmm. trying to figure out what's best for us, how to, you know, function in everything that was going on. Um, it's hard. Like, you know, as an adult, you've got so much stuff going on. You just never know when things are going to change, when, you know, the sky is going to fall out, when, right. you know, 
the next disaster <laughs> comes, you just kind of got to roll with it. Like I, like, I wish I could send back, back my subscription to being an adult because this is the worst. Oh, yeah, it's trash. <laughs> like being an adult is absolute trash. I hate it. I, I hate it. Don't I, like I didn't ask for this. 98% of it. <laughs> Most of it is just terrible. I mean, yeah. so yeah, that, that's basically what happened, guys. You know, things just kind of got out of control. Um, the holidays actually really weren't that bad. Uh, I got a chance to spend some time at home for Christmas. I took like a couple of weeks off and just kind of planned and like reorganized my life because it felt like everything was just kind of spiraling out of control. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not only in charge of my schedule, but I also have, you know, kids. So I'm in charge of their little schedules and the stuff that they have going on too, which you'd be surprised how busy kids get and how much stuff goes on at schools. And my kids go to two different schools. They're both in elementary school, but they're in two different schools. So mm -hmm. like running back and forth to all of that stuff. And, you know, you're trying to be involved and you're trying to work. And um, thankfully, Nerdist shuts down for the last two weeks of the year. And I was not mad at all. They were like, you know, you can volunteer to work some. During, and I think I worked maybe one or two days, like right after New Year's. But mm -hmm. rather than that, I was like, uh, I will holler at y'all in 2020 because I'm tired and I need a break. And we were going to come back in January. But so part of my plan for 2020 to get more focused and to work on my book and kind of meet some of the personal goals that I wanted to meet was leaving social media behind. So I have not been on social media since last year, which hasn't bothered me at all. Like, I really thought that it would be a lot harder because I use it so mm -hmm. much than what it's been. But I really, I honestly don't even, like the apps aren't on my phone anymore. I'm not logged in online anymore. And I don't miss it at all. Um, but it's not the only thing I left behind last year. I think I left my immune system behind too. Because I literally have been sick on and off since New Year's Day. <laughs> like, I'm like, this year, I, hopefully I've got to be done. This has to be it for me. I don't want to get sick. I sure hope it is in this year you, because it's ridiculous. You sick is miserable, just like oh. just miserable, miserable sick person. Like it's the worst. I hope you don't get sick anymore. Like I remember, you know, when you had uh, Adrian and how sick you were all the time when she was like in her first couple of years and just oof. I, I pray for you often. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, but my immune system had been doing really good because like the last couple of yeah. years, I really haven't gotten sick like that. And I mean, literally New Year's Day, I spent the entire day in bed and it was not from a hangover because I didn't get drunk or do anything like that. I was in the bed just sick. And I mean, I still had to power through and, you know, I, I work from home. So at least I don't have to worry about going to a job and spreading germs. But, you know, got to. Mm -hmm gotta get the kids up you gotta take them to school you gotta you know go about your daily life and then I started feeling better and then it just kind of like came right back around on me like at the very end of January and hit me again like it was it was ridiculous like even now my my immune system is like uh, it, it still feels kind of shaky and I hate that because we're recording this on um Monday the 10th on the 13th I'm actually flying to go to a convention out in LA and I'm like just so, well, I'm already kind of apprehensive about it because I'm doing like, you know, some interviews and some bigger stuff out there that you just have that normal anxiety for. But I'm mm -hmm. apprehensive too because I'm scared to fly. Like I, I don't want to be on a plane with a bunch of people hacking, coughing, but there's literally no other way to get to California from Virginia right. and I'm not going to drive out there. So, I mean, I, I don't have another choice. 
I'm stuck. I had a cousin that just did that because he just moved out to, he's not exactly in LA, but he's in California and it took him like a week to drive out there. And mm. I just, no, I don't, I don't have the endurance for that. No, <laughs> I listen, just don't. And I'll do it like a road trip and stuff, but my sister lives 10 hours away from me. That is about as far as I'm going in a car. If it's going to take me more that. than 10 hours to get there, then, and I don't even really want to do that. The only reason we do that is because it's expensive as hell to fly. And there are four people yeah. in my family. Like, I mean, when yeah. I go by myself, I just fly, but I mean, it's expensive for four people to fly. But yeah, yep. if it's going to take me 12, 15, whatever hours to get wherever it is I'm trying to go, we're going to have to just cough up the money and fly because I can't like, <laughs> I don't want to drive there. You know, I, no. It's too much. So yeah, I'm yeah. going to be stuck on a plane with people on Thursday and I'm not, I'm not happy about it. Well, we're going to send up some prayers for you so that you don't, you know, so that you're not on a flight with some sick people and they don't, you know, even if you are, that they don't, doesn't pass over to you. So you can enjoy your trip and, you know, not come back with the plague. Oh. I, that's not funny considering everything that's going on right now. But like, that's, that's, that's what our prayer is going to be. Like, don't, don't come home with, with, you know something that's gonna spread to other people please don't <laughs> I, i'm trying but like i said i think my immune system just like gave up on me it just stayed last decade like it's just not here anymore i don't know what's going on yikes <laughs> so yeah that that's basically in a nutshell what our break has has been like um what are you kind of looking forward and what's on your docket for this year uh i would like to do some more traveling um i i one of the things that I love about quitting that particular job and the job that I have now, <laughs> me and some of my other coworkers um, kind of laugh and joke about it. It's like, it's a job that we really, like, we're good at it and it's difficult and a very tedious job. I work um, for my local board of elections. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tedious and you have to really be on it to make sure that you do what you need to do and make sure that, you know, you do everything by the book. But, like, the majority of us have been there for so long that, like, it's a job we don't really have to think about. Um, so I'm enjoying doing a job that I don't really have to think about too hard when I'm there. Well, yeah. uh, and I can do my work and go home and not have to take work drama or work stress with me because it's not really a stressful job whatsoever. Right. Um, I, uh, this week, just recently bought myself a new iPad because I've been wanting one for so long. Um, and... I had one, like I had the iPad 4, which came out eons ago. It's about seven years old at this point. Um, and I loved it. And they have done so much to update the new ones. This is not an ad for Apple or anything like that. Um, so I finally bit the bullet and bought one. Um, and I'm already in love with it. It's making um, my workflow when it comes to getting stuff together for this podcast a lot easier. Um, being able to multitask is great because like, I have Skype. And my notes open on my iPad, which you could not do on the iPad 4. Um, so that's pretty awesome. Um, it's super fast. It's super bright. Um, I also bought an Apple Pencil. So, you know, I'll be able to get into some design things. Um, hopefully that will bleed over into the podcast and maybe some other pursuits. Um, and one of the things that I've been saying forever, and Ty knows this, is that I wanted to get into copywriting and more of the digital marketing space. Mm-hmm. Um because I'm just kind of over the jobs that I've been having and I want to learn a new skill and want to do something different with my life than what I have been doing. Um, So I'm getting into that and like being able to 
have a device that I can take with me that I can watch a class or watch a video or read a book all like from my pocketbook is that's awesome like helped yeah. so much um I'm learning a new language uh this year uh, I knew a little bit of Spanish when I was in high school but that was in high school when that was 51 years ago mm-hmm. so I'm really getting into like being consistent with Spanish lessons daily so I can you so know you, you're doing Duolingo I'm assuming yes right? yeah. I love it I love it I like uh, it too buying yeah buying a plus membership was the greatest thing ever because I could literally just spend an hour learning things on Duolingo mm-hmm. and just just be doing it um I love um the app itself it's really it doesn't teach you in just one way. It teaches you in multiple ways to make sure it reinforces you learning the language. And one of the things that I learned from going on the website this week, again, this is not an ad for Duolingo, but um, they have like Spanish meetups. So like you and other yep. people that are yeah. on Duolingo and stuff like that can go meet up at like a library or something and speak to each other so you can practice with other people. Um and so that's another thing that, like, I'm really excited to do. I wasn't going to do this week's because there was one, I think, on Sunday. Um, but I signed up for the one next month. So I'm going to be really be hitting the Duolingo really hard um, so that I can go in there, you know, on my A-game, basically. And, you know, it's just a thing to do, another thing to learn, another thing to connect you with other people. Um, I'm all about doing new things this year. Um the old ways have not been working uh, and they've been, you know, just trying to break old habits, creating new ones, learning new things, just becoming like the best possible version of myself this year. Um, So yeah, that's kind of what I'm on this year. How about you? What, what, what is on the docket for you this year? Ty? Uh, A lot. Um, Not that that's surprising or anything, because I always got a whole bunch of stuff on the docket. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the job that I'm working now with Nerdist is, is going pretty good. Um, definitely getting the chance to get that editorial experience and stuff is, is really, has really been valuable for me and getting a chance to understand writing for um, digital media from that side because I know it really well from a staffer side, from a regular contributor side, a freelancer side, but getting a chance to kind of get that overall experience and understanding that has been fantastic. So... Um, and I'm hoping that these skills that I'm building up now will help me because eventually I want to try to seg off into more content marketing. There's just more money Mm -hmm. to be made there, you know, and with the digital media space, I mean, there's constantly layoffs and this website's closing and that website's closing and we're all kind of bumping heads and competing with each other, you know? And I mean, it's only but so long that everybody's going to be able to survive. Like we're pretty solid where we are now just because Nerdist has been around for so long, but how long is that really going to be? And you know, how long in the long run do I really want to continue to write in the media space? Cause it, I mean, it's easy to get, and I've been doing it for a few years now. It's easy to get burnt out because it's always so fast paced. It's always about, you know, what's going on right now, trying to be first, you know, trying to get the first reaction out there and everything. And that can get tiring after a while. Um, Yeah. I mean, especially for me, because I'm a person that values, like, some of my favorite stuff that I do there is, like, long-form pieces, you mm-hmm. know? Like, stuff that I really get a chance to research and dive into and take my time with. And I want to be able to do more stuff pieces are pretty like amazing. That. Well, I mean, thanks. I mean, but I, I, I love that stuff, and I feel, like, I feel like my passion for it just shines through a whole lot more, because... Mm-hmm. that's where my that's where my real wheelhouse is like that's where I shine and I focus the best like I can write a news piece and it's fine um because I mean you can I mean if you've been writing in the in that space you know how to report basic facts but I like to dig in deeper and find out different things that I didn't know before 
So content marketing and trying to, you know, get more gigs there is definitely it. Um, it's interesting that you said that you are learning a new language because I'm also learning a new language this year. Um, I am learning American Sign Language. I actually got exposed to sign language for the first time when I was in third grade. My um, teacher's daughter used to assist in the classroom and she was uh, deaf. And so that was where I first learned like the alphabet and she taught us how to say like basic phrases and stuff like that to be able to communicate with her. Um, and so I've just kind of always had an interest in the language. I've always been fascinated by it. I love to see people sign. I think it's just, it's so beautiful and fluid, especially mm -hmm. when you see people that have been doing it for a long time or like native signers do it. I mean, it's just, mm -hmm. it's so beautiful to me. It's something about it. And it's just, I've, I've had this push for the past couple of months, like, okay, you know, you need to really explore this and do this more. You never know when you're going to need it. And I mean, I've definitely run into people that, you know, are deaf or hard of hearing over the years being somebody that works in, you know, like even now I still work in banking part time. And so you run into different people there. And so I'm like really, really excited about it. I've been doing some just online, like YouTube courses and some free resources that I found online, but I actually have applied and been accepted to the local community college. And this fall, I'm actually going to go and get an ASL certification. It's a year long intensive program. So, yep, so I started that in August and I'm so excited about it, but I've just been trying to do what I can do and just like learn as much as I can in the meantime. Um, I'm on Facebook and Twitter and all social media hiatus pretty much at this point outside of like Slack and, you know, and maybe using YouTube some, um, because I'm working on my book and my intention is to finish my book and hopefully have it like published and done. Like I want to be done and have like a book in my hand by the end of the year, if possible, if not, you know, early next year. But like, that's my main focus. My number one focus is to finish my book, then learn an ASL and the content marketing stuff. And, um, and as far as like just my personal life, just trying to grow spiritually, I've been listening to a lot of different podcasts about uh, different belief systems and different uh, religious faiths and everything. And just trying to figure out the, the mix of things that kind of fit and work for me. Um, I bought a book a couple of days ago. I was out with Genesis and we were just kind of browsing around Barnes and Noble. And this book just really stuck out to me. And it was about... Uh, and it was about, you know, different chakras, like aligning all your chakras and how to heal mm -hmm. yourself or whatever, basically through aligning your chakras. And I've been reading that and it's just been so super interesting. So those are kind of my overall goals for the year. And I'm just, I don't know, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to everything that's coming along. I'm trying to get my, you know, my financial house in order and just really start saving more and um, being a bit more frugal and more mindful about the way that I spend my money because I'm like, you know, I feel like, good things and blessings are on the way and I want to make sure that I've got myself aligned spiritually financially everything to be open and ready to receive that you know I like it yep I like it I'm here for and I am supportive of it okay so now let's go back into our regular podcast scope here Nostalgia recap. What are your recaps? It's been, I mean, I know we can't recap everything over the past four months, but let's talk about a few things that have been, that have been on your mind or that you've noticed. Uh, so I'm going to talk about some like more recent things. And literally when I mean recent, I mean like the last 24 hours. Okay. Um, so first things first, uh, two of my favorite artists decided to ruin my life today. Um, <laughs> oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so I have like, if you, 
everybody knows I'm a Backstreet Boys fan, so let's start there. Um, and me and, you know, my Backstreet group chat, we've been talking for a while about, you know, there's going to be an announcement about something soon. Um, and we, you can kind of tell, like, when your favorite artist or whomever your favorite actor or whatever genre of entertainment you like, when they start doing the shows and stuff like that, and they're kind of all back to back with each other, you realize that something's happening. Right. It's like Beyonce fans know when something's happening when because she they can tell she changes. That laptop around. She mm. starts carrying the laptop around. Yeah. She puts braids in her hair. They know that something's <laughs> coming, right? Right. Um, and so, you know, first a couple of weeks ago, the boys announced that they were going to be on Jimmy Fallon. And I was like, well, y'all aren't doing anything. Like, you don't have a new album out. Their last album came out last year. Right. So why are you there? Um, right. Um, and I know you guys are going on tour overseas. So what are you doing? Um, and then they announced that they were going to be on Watch What Happens Live. And I'm just like, okay, if you want to deal with the messy queens, that's fine. Cool. Whatever. And I think they're going to be, there's one other thing that they're going to do. And I, oh, they're doing Good Morning America as well, which you never do Good Morning America unless you have an announcement. Right. So, um, we were, all of us were Harpin Cruz. That's not what we got. Um, we got a new tour, which we're really excited about. We're fairly certain it's going to be pretty much just DNA 2.0, which is fine with us because all of us think that DNA is the best tour that they've ever done. Um, so they announced dates this morning, and we were really, really excited. Um, I actually got an email from Bands in Town about a show in Raleigh last night, kind of like as a pre-announcement thing. Uh, but they announced all the dates. I think they go on tour either in June or July, all the way through October of this year um they're doing smaller venues which i think is pretty awesome and they're also doing outdoor venues because they're doing pnc arena and i guess walnut creek one's in raleigh one's in charlotte oh cool um they're gonna be outdoor shows which is gonna be kind of awesome um i wonder we're already like trying to see like how much they're gonna change of the set and everything because it looks great indoors like, the show just looks fabulous. I'll probably post the pictures on the Instagram or something. Um, the show looks fabulous. I'm curious to see what changes when they do outdoor venues or how things are going to change if it does. Like, there's one part of the show last year when I went in August where, like, a part of the stage rises mm -hmm. up out of, like, the main part of the stage. They're, like, 20 feet on top of you if you're on the ground floor. Um, so I wonder if they're still going to do that. Um, I wonder if they're going to add dancers because they didn't have dancers the last time around. Um, if the show is exactly the same, I have no problem with it because it's a great show. If they change it, that doesn't bother me either. Um, I'm just ready for tickets to go on sale, which they go on sale this Friday. I'm not quite ready, but I'll make it work. So, you know, me and my friends are all like, yeah, we're going to go to these shows. We're going to go to this show. We're going to go to that show. Kevin and Brian are talking about showing out in Lexington. So people are talking about going to Kentucky. Like we're all hyped. And then I turn around and Janet Jackson has announced a tour. And I'm just like, are you serious? Uh, when you <laughs> like, told me that, I was like, don't do this. I have no monies. <laughs> why? Why are you doing this? Because people announce the tour and then the tickets go on sale like two days later. And it's like, why? Exactly. That annoys me. Like, can I have a couple of weeks, right. man? Like, that, I'm not prepared. It's under my skin so bad. And everybody does it now. Like, everybody does. They literally announce it like on a, on a, like, a, like today, on a Monday, and they're like, oh, tickets go on sale on Wednesday or Friday. And it's like, bro, like, come on. Well, I've actually had pretty good um, 
pretty good luck with waiting to buy tickets. Like when I bought the ticket for the Backstreet Boys show I saw in August, you know, DNA tickets probably went on sale early in the year. That show was in August. I'm fairly certain they probably went on sale in April. Mm -hmm. um, and I ended up waiting a little bit and just getting a pit ticket, which cost me a little bit of money, but it was the best seats in the house for the price, basically. Um, and the show was great. So um, I'm definitely going to Charlotte and Raleigh. Um, I know there'll probably be a Virginia Beach. There's a Virginia Beach show in July because the Charlotte and Raleigh shows are not until September. I don't know if I'm going to be able to wait that long. So I'll probably be tiptoeing up towards you to come see the Backstreet Boys. Um, awesome. And uh, I don't know. I might do a couple of other shows. It depends on how much tickets are. But those three are like the top three. Janet is actually coming to my hometown. When's which the one here? Kind of floored. Uh, July 12th, okay. I believe. Um, so yeah, I cannot wait. Um, Janet is actually coming to Greensboro. Which, if y'all didn't know, that's where I live. Oh my god! Um, which is shocking to me because that's amazing. We I'm haven't have had. We gotta go to. The... We're gonna have to try to go. Yes, we definitely have to. We haven't had. Uh, me and my sister were talking about this earlier. Um, we haven't had a really a lot of big name artists come to Greensboro in a while. Uh, I don't know why that is. Um, we used to have everybody coming all of the time here, um, but in the last few years. Um, I know specifically, like, I've had to either travel to Charlotte or Raleigh to see them. They don't come to Greensboro. Um, so to have Janet come here specifically is kind of a big deal. Um, actually, Elton John's last tour that he's doing, he's got to stop in Greensboro. We tried to get tickets, but they're astronomically priced. Because it's Elton John and his, his last tour, down. air quotes. Yeah. Um, so... It's it's weird to see two big, huge artists like that come to Greensboro. Um, I'm excited either way. It's pretty awesome. Hopefully, it will continue to bring a string of more artists. Because, like, the Millennium Tour is coming to Greensboro, but, like, eh, nobody really cares about them like that. Like, we do, but just, like... Well, I mean, this time around, it's like, okay. I mean, because... I mean, I like Omarion and everything. Don't get me wrong. And I like his solo mm -hmm. material, and he's great. But I don't... It just doesn't have, like, the, like, wow factor that it had. Like, you know, it was, like... When we went and me and my um me and my friend went last year, it was great because it's like oh my god you know B two K is back together and the Yin Yang Twins and all these people are coming together and it's so awesome because it had all that nostalgia to it. Mm -hmm. But now it's just kind of like, uh, yeah, okay. It's like I so I mean and plus the tickets were like expensive really here. like we had yeah so like when we went to the one last year we were like in row like four or five or something like we were stupid close like on the floor right there or whatever and like i looked at the same tickets and for what we paid for both tickets last year is what they wanted more than that for one oh ticket. they are nuts like the tickets went up like and it's at the same venue it's at the hampton coliseum which is you know 10 minutes from my house same venue same layout of the floor plan and everything like that so i'm like wow like omarion big tripping so i don't think i'm gonna go there have been there's actually a pretty decent amount of artists that come around here. They tend to go to uh, Virginia Beach. Um, a lot of them go to Norfolk too, mm -hmm. especially like her and people like that that tend to play to a more intimate type right. crowd. Um, and remember, we saw Trey over at the yep. Norva too. So a lot of people do go over to the Norva, and I like that venue I do and too. Stuff a whole lot. Yeah. So, um, and I think we're gonna see even more kind of an uptick of people coming. Like I know the baby was here this past weekend. And I think we're going to kind of see an uptick of more people coming because of something in the water festival just kind of changed 
a lot mm-hmm. in this area and really brought a lot more attention to Virginia Beach and kind of the surrounding area that we didn't really have before. I like it. I wanted to go to something in the water and just forgot. Oh, uh, we wanted to go so bad last year, but we were already signed on for a trip that same weekend and we were in Tampa and we had already like paid and done all of that stuff. And this was like way before they even announced it. Mm-hmm. Like I... T- and I think I'm going to end up missing it. Isn't it two weekends this year, something in the water? I don't know. I honestly really haven't even looked at it like that because we haven't decided what we're going to do. Like, we missed the – they had, like, a locals-only sale or whatever, and we missed that. And plus, like, when I saw it on the news, it was nuts. Like, people were camping out How does, and doing all of that stuff. I didn't even think camp- – And never will I ever camp out for a ticket to go to anything because I just don't have the energy to do it. I- like – I don't judge people that do it, but I don't want to. I do haven't it. camped out for a ticket to a concert since 2000? 1999? Yeah, I'm, I'm too big for that now. I'm tired. Like, and I did it once and I will never do it again. <laughs> it's cold. Like, I mean, when they did it, it was cold. Like, I'm like, nah, bro, I'm good. Like, I will. If I can get either, I'm going to get tickets or I'm not. I mean, right. if we get tickets, that's fine. It's not like we have to, like, pay for a hotel room because we don't live that far away from the oceanfront. Right. Like, it's. It's maybe 40 minutes from our house if traffic is kind of gnarly, which it probably will be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm I'm good on yeah. that. But I think it's cool that they're both going on tour. But yeah, they about to get all I, in your pockets. I'm I'm very sorry a, for, to your to your wallet. But I mean, at least. <laughs> so I'm hoping with them doing it like slightly smaller and outdoor venues that the ticket prices will be cheaper so I can do more shows. Because, uh, like, I, this is going to sound terrible, but the last time they did this exact same thing where they did an outdoor show was when they their last album in a world like this. And it was pretty much the same thing because the Raleigh and Charlotte shows are, like, one day after each other. One's the 21st and one's the 22nd. And they did that for in a world like this where it was one day was Raleigh and one day was Charlotte. And one, I bought... For one concert, I bought the tickets to Ticketmaster, and I have no idea why I was on Groupon at the time. Don't ask me. But they had tickets for the other show on Groupon. Now, I don't necessarily want tickets for the other show on Groupon. I feel like that's weird. But (laughs) uh, if there's tickets on Groupon, I might buy them. Also, because those venues are so close to each other, um, because like, I live in Greensboro. Raleigh is about an hour and 10, 15 minutes away one direction. And then Charlotte is about an hour and a half the other direction. And they're like, you can get from one to the other in about two hours, two and a half, depending upon how fast you're driving and which direction you go. But, um, right. They're not that far from each other. So what ended up happening the last time is people kind of went to one show and not the other, because I distinctly remember, like the Raleigh show being one of the shows being really, really packed and the other show not being packed at all. Um, I'm not wishing that on them at all. I want both shows to sell really, really well for them because this album is great and the show is great and they deserve, but who knows this album. Yeah. But I can understand why somebody would do that though, you know, but I mean, I'm crazy and I'm rabid fan girl. So I'm going to go to both because I'm, that's what I do. Um, Why not? If I'm, close enough to see both of them um so yeah um yeah i'm excited i'm excited about tour touring (laughs) and like what artists are going on the road this year um it's gonna be a big concert year i think 
Um, so we'll see what happens. I'll report back with like all of my backstreet shenanigans and things. Um, oh, so second thing, so last night I went to go see Birds of Prey, which was really great, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. It's a fun DC movie. DC, I think is. I'm going on my birthday. I think DC is finally figuring out what they're doing. Um, yeah. But uh, so like I'm at the movie theater with my friends that I used to work with and scrolling my timeline during the trailers, not the actual movie because I'm not rude like that. And all of a sudden I see a tweet that says Eminem is performing at the Oscars. And I was very confused. I didn't even watch the Oscars. What? <laughs> I did not watch the Oscars. <laughs> so I didn't know that. Like, I just looked to see if the people that I wanted to win were, right. like, online. And that was it. I did not watch the Oscars. Because I was at the movie theater. But I was like... He came out with an album recently, right? He, so he performed... Does he have a single from that? I don't know. I don't keep up with... So get this. Doing. So he does... I want to say he has an album out. I don't know. I don't care. That's not part of the story. The story is that he came out and performed Lose Yourself. And I'm sitting here like, what year? Yes. <laughs> Apparently what they did before, like, so for some odd reason, now this is how it was, it was explained to me on Twitter. So Anthony Ramos from In the Heights and Hamilton came out and introduced Lin-Manuel Miranda for some odd reason. And so Lin-Manuel Miranda came out and was talking about like movie songs in movies were like, you hear the song and you automatically think about the movie. So like time of my life from dirty dancing and uh, whatever that song is from risky business where Tom Cruise is dancing around in his socks and his underwear and uh, just yeah things where like you listen to the song and you automatically think about that particular scene in the movie. And so they did this package where they play like, parts of different movies with the songs and stuff like that and you're just like oh this is my jam and oh I love that song and oh I love that movie and then Eminem comes out to perform Lose Yourself and again what weird timeline are we in? yeah that's wild <laughs> as heck like where did you come from sir exactly you, how'd you get here so yeah I just I'm sitting there looking at the tweet and I'm just like this cannot be real like there's no way I'm talking to the girl that was sitting next to me at the theater, and I'm just like, why? What is happening? <laughs> like, That's so bizarre, though. Because that movie came out in, like, what? Like, 2000? 2002? Yeah. yeah. And he won an Oscar for it, but, like, he wasn't at the award show, which, you know, that's... I don't even know what he looks like. Last time I saw him, he had, like, a weird beard. Like, he didn't look yeah. like himself. He looked like some other some I'm other totally used to Eminem with, like no facial hair and blonde hair but he doesn't have blonde hair anymore he's not dying his hair anymore so his hair is like dark brown and he's got like right. and a full okay beard that. and yeah. i'm just like and like oh so he still has the yeah because last time i saw a picture of him he did have the beard and i didn't know who it was and, in the picture like he had on the hat and stuff too which didn't right. know and i was like who's that who's that white guy with, with and see, so here's the other thing and i don't want this to sound rude but like we know that eminem has had like problems with substance addiction and stuff like that and so like mm-hmm. you know i remember him always kind of looking just kind of like spaced out and out there but like he looks a lot more yeah. present now and i say that as a compliment um so like between well, between good. him yeah. looking and feeling more present to like having a full beard and having brown hair instead of blonde hair it's just like who are you and what have you done with my Eminem? Like, I haven't listened to his music in a very, very long time. So I'm used to 
Marshall Mathers LP, Slim Shady LP, those Eminems. I don't know who this guy is. If you like him, right. fine, but it's just very strange and weird to me. And also, like, again, why are you performing Lose Yourself at the Oscars in 2020? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I definitely, I definitely remember hearing something about him having an album come out recently. So I was thinking maybe that was the reason. Maybe he, you know, has a song that's going along with something. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't listened to him in a long time. That is yeah, weird, it's, though. It's very, very, very strange. Um, so I randomly saw a tweet earlier, like literally a couple of hours ago. Um, the Rock, you know, The Rock has three kids. Um, he had a daughter uh, eons ago, like when I was in high school, maybe maybe middle school, um, named Simone. Mm-hmm. And she just announced that she's joining the WWE following her father's footsteps. Aww, and I love it. I cannot wait. Her name is Simone. She kind of looks just like, not in a, this is not rude, but she looks just like her dad. No, um, I mean, that makes sense. That like, my kids look like their dad. So. You can tell <laughs> yeah. that, like, that's his kid. Um, she's gorgeous. She looks just like her dad, though. Um, and so it's kind of dope to see that happen. Um, I haven't watched professional, air quotes, wrestling in a very, very long time. It's been years. Um, actually... One of the things going back to the holidays, my brother came down for Thanksgiving, which I haven't seen him in a while. And we were watching some of the, some of WWE and some of another uh, wrestling, I guess, brand that's out there right now with some old wrestlers that we used to watch back in the day. And, you know, some new people that, you know, we don't really care about. Um, and uh, honestly, this might make me get back into wrestling because I would love to see oh, yeah, I'm definitely her style as a wrestler um compared to like her father and i mean at this point like if when she becomes a part of the wwe officially and has her first match and everything she's going to be the fourth generation right i was just about to to say that i was like yeah they've been doing that for generations that's so dope like and you know his father just passed i don't know if you know this but his father just passed away very very suddenly um he had a video that he put on facebook a couple days ago maybe yesterday maybe two days ago of um him doing sort of a eulogy of his father and like it was kind of you know it's a sad occasion but it's also good to see like him and Vince McMahon if you know who he is and Triple H and like um what's the guy's name that's a North Carolina wrestler I can't think of his name Ric Flair was there and so like seeing all these people who have you know worked with The Rock and worked with The Rock's dad and possibly worked with The Rock's grandfather to now hear the story of his daughter becoming a professional wrestler is just kind of it's pretty great to see that's Uh, cool so yeah shout out to her simone you're gonna kill it and i can't wait to watch you there's i've heard some friends say that they're trying to do like a a woman's wrestling thing um so we'll see what happens um i'm excited for it i'll be tuning in definitely just to support just to support her um so yeah that's all i got Okay, so on a lighter note and a weirder note, um, been keeping up with updates, not really because I necessarily wanted to, but I kind of kept up with them for work because I, when we do a post about a certain news item and if there are updates to it, the same person tends to update it for uniformity purposes. So mm-hmm. there is a Save by the Bell reboot that is, is really happening. Like, yeah, I may have I've mentioned seen... it before, but like they're actually... They actually have a full cast now, like 
Mark Paul Gosler is coming back to reprise his role as Zach Morris. He's going to be the governor of California. And apparently he has shut down a whole bunch of low income schools, which seems like something you know that Zach would do because Zach sounds exactly like, yeah, sounds exactly like that. And Morris. yeah, so they're going to have basically, I guess, kids from some of the sh- schools that have been shut down are going to come to Bayside High. Zach's son is going to be at Bayside High. His oh, name's going to be Matt Morris. So, you know, he's going to be just <sighs> trash trash 2.0 at Bayside. Um, Your mama trash. Elizabeth dad trash. Uh, Berkeley is coming back as Jesse Spano. And uh, Mario Lopez is going to be A.C. Slater again. So those are the three from the original cast. They're going to be repos- reprising their roles on the show or whatever. It's not really clear yet, like what Jesse and A.C. are going to do or if they're married or together. Because, you know, they were like in a relationship and stuff. Right. Um, so I'm not sure if they're like together. I know that she's going to have a son on the show, too, that presumably goes to Bayside as well. Mm. So it's just I don't know. It's a it's an odd thing. And I don't know. I don't know if this is going to work or not. Because uh, I mean, I'm not sure that there's episodes. a I mean, I know that the original Saved by the Bell, most of the episodes didn't really have a story. And I feel like this doesn't have a story either. Yeah. There's no, I mean, from what I can tell, there's no story here. I don't honestly like I this is going to sound terrible but I don't really care about the story of you know of like the schools and stuff that he shut down like I know that sounds terrible but it's, I just don't care I'm more concerned with how uh Zach Morris manipulated himself into being the gov- governor right. of California well, that's the story cause... that I really want to hear like, <laughs> like, how, how did he make it there if somebody could how if somebody could plot his journey well you know Zach was able to freeze time and like affect reality around him so who knows maybe Zach figured out a way to like harness his powers to control people I just and like, somehow end up being story. the governor like we that's the story that like I a... want to see like did, did Zach do mind con- was he mind controlling people did he right, like, time and make things happen for him to become the governor. Like, let's tell that story. I feel like I would much rather have like a sinister version of the West Wing, where Zach Morris like assumes power in California than like whatever it is that they're trying to do now. Like, give us that story, because I Zach Morris is a terrible person, and who would vote for him? Like, I don't know. He just he, there's nothing about this man that seems trustworthy at all. I have so many questions. <laughs> Well, I mean, well, we know that Dustin Diamond's not coming back because he, if there was any relationship to be had with the show or with his former castmates, he pretty much ruined that with all the, his shenanigans over the years. So, right. No Dustin Diamond. Um, I think the last thing I read was that Tiffany Thiessen may come back, but she really doesn't need to come back. She's actually... No, she um, doesn't. There's this show that my kids watch called um, Alexa and Katie. It's really cute. It's actually about this uh, young girl that is um, going through... She's actually going through a bout with cancer. And so she's mm-hmm. made friends with this girl at school and they kind of, you know, stick together as she goes through her treatments and stuff. It's it's a really sweet show. But um, Tiffany Thiessen plays the mom on the show, which that just trips me out every time. It's like when we watch Casey Undercover or any other show where there's like somebody that I knew from like the 90s or the 80s. And Mm -hmm. now they're playing somebody's mom. And like my kids know them as, oh, that's, you know, Katie's mom. That's, (laughs) you know, that's Katie's mom. That's Casey Undercover's dad. I'm like, no, girl, that's Dwayne Wayne. That ain't Casey Undercover's dad. Like, that's how I know him, you know? Right. But yeah, she's been on that show for a while. And as far as I know, the show seems to be doing really well and stuff. So, I mean, she's got stuff going on for her. So, I, you know, I really wouldn't blame her if she didn't come back. 
Because, I mean, yeah. her and Zach were married, so I wonder, like, are they still married, or did he figure out a way to mess that up, or what, you know, what, I'm what's fairly going on certain there? he. I'm fairly certain he screwed the pooch on that somehow. Like, there's no way. <laughs> like... So, and, I don't know. Like, and then, I mean, Mark here... Voorhees, I don't know if she's coming back either. Right. Like, we're sitting here dunking on Zach, but, I mean, we, we love to... We kind of have a love-hate relationship with Zach Morris, but, like, God. Well, I mean, like, a lot of the stuff wasn't Zach. I mean, it was his fault, but also, I mean, his friends was dumb enough to go along. Like, he would come up with these crazy plans that made no sense. Also that. And then they would just also be like, that. yep, sounds good. What do you need this me to do, This is what Zach? we're doing. It's like, <laughs> This is what we're doing. Let's, let's not. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I just, I, and then, too, I think a lot of what made, and it's kind of, it's my same point that I've said over and over again. It's like when people were talking about a um, Fresh Prince reboot, a lot of the stuff that made those shows funny was the way that things were during that time. So like how, right. like when Zach had like the episode where he was like in charge of buying the class rings, which made no sense, but he found like the ring merchant guy or whatever. And, you know, bought like class rings from him. Like that was crazy because there was no, the internet was not widely available back then. So you're wondering right. like Zach be like finding like all these crazy, like costumes to dress up and spy on people. And it's like, where do you buy that stuff from? Is there a costume right. shop that you're buying? Cause you can't buy it. Like you can't go on Amazon and buy it. There was no Amazon back then. So like exactly. a lot of the funny stuff back then about the way that they interacted and like the ridiculous things they did was because certain things didn't exist. But now like, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to make it work for today's audience, you know? Right. And again, most of us don't care about my, my thing with reboots a lot of times, especially when it comes to like a reboot of this nature, where it's, we're going to tie a new series to an older series that people know and love is who exactly are you marketing the show to? Do you want the people that love the show back in the day to like it? Because you'd have to do a completely different show and like the like, if you're trying to get a younger audience to be a part of it, like, you have to market that show completely differently to people. And they're not going to care that much about some of the older characters. So it's like, who exactly are you making this show for? Like, what type of audience? Because you right. can't straddle the fence. You have to pick one or the other. Um, And there's just a lot of people it's, just it's end up to trying to... The fence. Like, and I don't, exactly. I don't really understand. And I guess maybe they'll come out with more information as it gets closer. But it's not really clear... I mean, to my understanding, Zach is supposed to be like a like a mildly recurring guest character at best, which makes sense because if he's the governor, he's not going to like be at Bayside High every day. You know what I'm saying? So I'm assuming that Jesse and AC maybe are teaching at the school. They're going to be involved somehow. I don't really know. Like you said, I'm not really it's not really clear who they're marketing it to. If they're trying to like grab like the older fans for like the whole nostalgia you know kick or whatever if they're actually trying Mm -hmm. to start a new thing and just trying to use this as like a launching pad which in that case you could have just started a new thing started a new show right completely i could could totally see like jesse being like the principal of the school and ac being like the gym teacher and that be the thing like that i could be down with but like i don't really care about any new kids so like we don't we don't necessarily need that. <laughs> like we'll see yeah. what happens. I don't know. I mean, and I don't know about even check it out or not because apparently it's going to be on NBC's streaming service Peacock, and I'm not buying a streaming service called Peacock. 
and I don't want another streaming service, even if it's not called Peacock, because there's too many damn streaming services out there, and I just, right. I don't want it. I don't want it. Like, uh, me and my mom watched the first episode of Picard, which was fabulous. Oh, great. But I don't think either one of us are gonna purchase CBS All Access. Like, it was really, really good. Well, see, like, I, I like am... CBS All Access, but I also watch, like, Star Trek Discovery, and then they have, like, older TV shows up there that I like, too. So, okay, like, I have, like, nice. I Love Lucy and all of that stuff. Like, a lot of my, like, weird, obscure shows that I that I like are on CBS All Access. And they have a new um, Twilight Zone that Jordan Peele does. Oh, yeah, that's really right. Good. Yeah. So, there's enough on CBS All Access where I'm like, okay, you know, I, I can pay for this and be comfortable with it. But, like, I'm not about to subscribe to a streaming service for, like, one show. And there's literally nothing on that Peacock, like, thing that I want to watch exactly not bad enough to be able to like get a whole streaming service for it exactly so i just need them to cut it out with the streaming services like nope i'm not going on disney plus right now but yeah i'm over i'm just done with with streaming services let's let's cut it out like i don't i can't do it anymore exactly so moving on um I've had a chance to do some pretty cool, I was talking earlier about some stuff I've got a chance to do for work, and I've got a chance to do some pretty cool articles that kind of have like a throwback type of vibe to them. Mm -hmm. Um, Demon Knight had a anniversary last month, and so I got to write about Jerry Line, um, who was the one of the main characters in there. She was played by then Jada Pinkett. She wasn't Jada Pinkett Smith yet. Um, But that movie is... It's not great. Like, it's not good. And I mean, even even by the standards of horror movies, which a lot of horror, there are a lot of horror movies that are not great movies. Like, it's it's pretty bad even for like a Tales from the Crypt horror movie or whatever. But mm-hmm. I love her character in that movie. And I love the fact that she was like the final girl. Mm-hmm. Like, she survived it all and got to go in. Not only survived it all, but she got to kind of like pick up the, because the Demon Knight basically is this person that's like the keeper of this you know, uh, the keeper of this key or whatever. And so she got to be the next person to be the next demon knight or whatever. Nice. And the one thing I did hate is that they never did a sequel. Cause I would have loved to have seen her as like the protagonist, like, you know, staying away from these, you know, fighting these demons and slaying them off and everything like that. And kind of, mm-hmm. you know, being the protector of this ancient relic or whatever. But so I wrote an article about her and that was a lot of fun. Just writing about her character. I mean, cause she started off like, basically she was on like work order release from prison so she seemed i mean if if ever there was going to be a disposable character in a horror film she was going to be the disposable character she was black she was a woman she was you know like a ex-convict or whatever so i was like oh yeah they just got her here to like you know you know roll her neck say some smart stuff because that's what black Mm -hmm. women do apparently just to die so that way the white people can survive so like the first time that i saw that movie and she actually survived to the end and became the new demon knight like i was floored because i think for me especially being a horror fan i think she was probably one of the first black women i saw in a horror film to make it to the end yeah and i was like there's not that many of them yeah so i'm like okay well this is the thing i like this i i can dig this or whatever so i wrote about that um i did a post about international hugging day and i got to go back and pull up like some of my favorite hugs in genre and I don't know. I just, I mean, I didn't realize how awesome and amazing hugs are. Like, I mean, there are so many good hugging moments, like in, in different films and stuff and different TV shows and all of them have their special place. So like, 
Um, I threw in a couple of Walking Dead hugs or whatever, just because Walking Dead may not do uh, a lot of things right, you know, especially mm-hmm. not anymore or whatever, because it's kind of going downhill. But when it comes to those like really emotional beats and stuff, you can't beat them. Like and reunions and stuff on that show, they have some mm-hmm. of the best hugs and some of like those best emotional reunion things ever. Mm-hmm. So I did a couple of Walking Dead ones up there. I had um, when Sansa and John hugged and they got reunited on Game of Thrones man like talk Uh, about a hug that i was not anticipating but oh my god it was so satisfying i loved that hug so much and i really thought that i would like him and Arya, like kind of reunited because they had a good you know it's good solid relationship before everybody Mm -hmm. got split up and things kind of went to shit but yeah Mm -hmm. i really really loved that one i had uh of course i had to put a doctor who one in there and i put in the 10th doctor and sarah jane and i mean that one was so emotional because She's the only companion from the classic series to come over to the new series. And David Tennant is a big, like, Doctor Who fanboy himself. And Mm -hmm. so that whole episode is just so delightful because you could tell that he's not really being the Doctor. He's more of like, oh, my God, I get to be on screen with Elizabeth Slayton. Like, I'm so excited. I can't believe that I'm here. Like, I had a crush on her and I used to watch her as a companion as a kid, you know? Like, he had that type of energy the whole time. And so when he just... Like at the end, he just like grabs her and scoops her up. And he's like, you know, my Sarah Jane. And he hugs her. And I mean, she passed a few years ago. So I think, you know, just kind of looking back at it now and thinking about what she means to the fandom and how important she is. She really was the prototype for the way that a lot of the companions are kind of sculpted and crafted today. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, looking back at all of that, how important she is and how delighted he was. Like, I just love that hug so much. I, I love it. Um, I had a Stranger Things hug up there. I did uh, when Rocky and Creed hugged and um, and Rocky three, like when they were hugging like cheesily on the beach with their tiny shorts on just because it was funny and cute. So, yeah. And like E.T. and Elliot, like at the end when he leaves and, you know, Iceman and Mav and Buffy and Angel before she stabs him in the chest. And I mean, like so it was a good it was a really cool post because I got a chance to go back and really think about some of my favorite shows and a lot of the hugs up there were like throwback ones. So, right. yeah, so I really love doing that. Um, and then I also did a post about, again, being a horror fan, I did a post about Scream 3. Um, and that was really cool, too, to kind of take a look back at that series. And I can't believe it had been 20 years since that movie came out. So I did a really cool post, and I kind of examined um, the overarching story and kind of how that third story tied back in and changed everything that you knew about the first story. So, yeah. That, that's kind of that's one of the things I do like about working in media or whatever is being able to go back to throwback things and we've been really big on like doing anniversaries and stuff so mm-hmm. getting a chance to talk about anniversaries has been really cool so I loved it it was great and I got more stuff on the way and my last one um, it's old news now but I still want to mention it um, I had it on my list for January when we were going to record but I was still semi dying back then um, right. Whitney Houston is going to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and it's about Woo-hoo. time. She's the best. I just, I she love her so much, and I miss her. And I mean, she's still the voice, one of the Indeed. greatest artists of all time. The cla- the the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame class this year is actually pretty great, because it's yeah. got uh, Biggie in there, too, is getting inducted, which is going to be amazing. I love um, it. I wonder if they're going to... I wonder who's going to do the inductions and who also is going to be performing if there will be performances. Um, I am very curious about that, especially with Whitney. 
Right. The uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is great for some amazing, like, is a great place for some amazing, just mind-blowing and historic and iconic performances. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one, and it's like Prince and Tom Petty and, like, two other big-name amazing guitar players, and they're playing... <laughs> while my guitar gently weeps and like i don't even i'm not a fan of the artist that does while my guitar gently weeps but it's one of the best performances you will ever see in your life like from the rock and roll hall of fame um so i would love to see who's actually going to be doing those tributes um i think also like the doobie brothers um is getting inducted uh nine Nine inch Inch nails Nails, which i'm super hype about because i'm a huge fan of nine inch nails and depeche mode too Yes, my sister's actually a fan of them, so mm-hmm. she's excited to see yeah, that. Yeah, so I'm, um, I'm excited to see that, too. It's a nice, it's a nice eclectic, random, weird, like, class of people, but, you know, I'm excited. I can't wait to see it. I'm going to have to, doesn't it come on HBO, like, the actual award ceremony? I think so. I know it's sometime yeah. in May, like, early May or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Inevitably, there's going to be, and it's already talk of this, but, like, Every year we do the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and people get mad when people who are not artists in the rock genre get inducted. So people are like, but Whitney Houston's not a rock artist. Oh my God. Can we Please shut up this Just... already? Like, like, it's been like this for years, people. We do this every year. Stop it. <laughs> we don't have to. <laughs> We don't have to do this every no, year. No, like, I'm just can... convinced that some people, and again, one of the reasons why I don't miss social media is that some people have to try to find something to be contrarian about right. all the time. And it's like, dude, you know good and well they have been inducting non-rock artists for years now. Shut up. Right. Like, like we don't have to keep doing this. Yeah, don't don't we be a bummer. We don't have to keep doing this. Don't, um, don't anyways, be a bummer. Congratulations to Whitney Houston and Biggie and Depeche Mode and the Doobie Brothers and nine inch nails like you guys deserve and there's a few other people whose names i can't remember right now but you guys deserve those are the only people i can think of right now i know there are other people i'm sure can't wait cannot wait to watch it it's gonna be amazing okay so finally we are into our topic for today which is beyonce and not just beyonce but some destiny's child thrown in there anyway right so gotta do it all you know like why are we talking about beyonce when it seems like the world is talking about her all the time, right? Right. Because well, we can, for one. Exactly. It's our podcast and we're in control of it. We can do what we want to do. But seriously, I mean, it's because she's, for us, she's been such a major part of the soundtrack of our lives. Because we're 90s kids. You know, mm-hmm. Destiny's Child came out around like 96, 97, when we were like 10. Mm-hmm. And... They were the biggest girl group. Like, they were one of the top acts in the late 90s or whatever. And then, you know, you had Writings on the Wall. They did all the, you know, they did all the stuff that they did with, you know, kind of growing their career and becoming Grammy winning. Beyonce became, started to become known as a writer and stuff. And, yeah, you know, between Destiny's Child albums and Beyonce's solo material, she's been releasing music consistently for like 23, 24 years. Yeah, she's That's been most doing of our this. Life for a there she'd been doing this since she was 16 right. like i remember like she's been doing and really this i mean longer than that because you gotta time. remember she was with she had a uh, girl's time when they mm-hmm. were younger and they were performing then so she's been doing it pretty much since she was a kid kid like seven eight nine years old you know yeah 
Like, she's been at this for a very, forever. Like, I, she's one of those people, kind of like how we were talking about Cubby Bryant. Cubby Bryant has not ever not known basketball. Right. Up until he retired, Beyonce has not ever not known performance and performing and music and right. I mean, you can look at home videos of her when they were kids, long before they went on Star Search and did all the stuff like that. I mean, and a lot of people can sing and a lot of people can dance and there are a lot of talented people in the world, but Mm -hmm. you could tell even looking back then that Beyonce had it. And, you know, I know a lot of people will say, oh, she just got to where she was because, you know, her parents were in charge and stuff like that. I don't think that's true. Beyonce had it. She had the it factor. Even as a kid. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I mean. Has always had it. You know, I think the words like legendary and icon get thrown around a lot. But in my opinion, and you know, I can't speak for Christina, but I'll just speak for myself when I say I truly believe that Beyonce is one of the modern artists that deserve that title. I mean. Absolutely. She's, you know, the way that she grinds, her creative vision, and the just the amount of thought and detail and care that she puts into everything that she does. It's just like those great performances that came before her. And I think we talked about Beyonce a bit when we did our Janet episode and how much you could see Janet's influence on an artist like Beyonce. There aren't a lot of artists out there that are doing it like that, like that no more. You know? They're really, they're really are not. Like I look at some other artists and I'm just like, you guys are great, but there's the level in which Beyonce performs and does what she does is above everybody. Right. She's light years ahead of everybody. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, is that she's got, and I think part of what makes her, you know, legendary, iconic, or whatever word you want to use is that she not only has the, she's got the longevity, you know, she's been around for a while and stuff like that. She's got, you know, where she's impacted several avenues of music because she's, you know, not only a singer, but she's a writer and she, you know, plays piano. And so she's, you know, got a musical ear and everything. Um, but I also think she has the respect of people like Janet and those that came before mm-hmm. her, your Janets, your Absolutely. Tina's, those mono, you know, those people that go by their first name only because that's all you need to know. Yep. You know what I'm saying? She's got not only their respect, but she's got the respect of her peers and she's got the respect and has influenced pretty much every solo female artist that's come after her. Yeah. Like everybody everybody love Beyonce if you don't love Beyonce then something is very wrong with you yeah and I mean for me it's not even a a matter of you know you've got to be a big fan of her music or anything like that because everybody has different musical tastes and I can respect that you know what I'm saying that some people may not like her music but I find it very hard and I and I kind of you know it it bothers me when people are you know kind of want to do the gang up on her and want to just attack her for the sake of attacking her because I'm like if nothing else I feel like, you know, if you've looked at the documentaries, if you've, you know, looked at her journey or even invested the least amount of time into seeing what she puts into her craft, that you've got to have a respect for that. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. She has a work ethic like nobody's business. Right. Even if you don't like that album, if you don't like that song, if you don't like her at all, like the work ethic cannot be topped, cannot be matched. Right. Um, and the thing that I love about Beyonce too is that she is a master of and 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 she kind of reminds me of again artists that kind of came before her you know like your Sade's and people like that that had this bit of aura that had this bit of mystery to it 
she mm-hmm. she's managing to kind of balance that fine line and it's a really fine line now in social media yeah. world of being like the one of the most famous people on the planet but she's still a really private person like we we know Very things about so. her but there's so much that we don't know about her and i can appreciate that especially in a world Same. where artists feel like they have to put everything out there all the time and constantly everything that's on their mind they tweeting it they're they're saying it their own tv saying it and stuff like that like she knows how to say less and let the music do the talking for her exactly um and she's mastered it and i think she's better for it um we don't like we don't need to know everything about artists and i wish that certain people or just artists in general would like get a clue (laughs) like we don't need to know everything we don't need to know like what you had for breakfast and what you did this day like and we don't necessarily need to know your opinion about every single you can say nothing right saying nothing is an option and that goes for everybody not just celebrities saying nothing is an option listen i say Um, it all the time say less that's all you got exactly say less say less <laughs> i'm on twitter all the time like mm, you know what i could say that but i'm just not going to because i don't feel like it right. i don't feel like wading into that thing um so yeah like she's definitely like at this point she doesn't even do interviews anymore i think the last magazine cover she was on she was like she did I'm not one doing recently, an interview and it was really cheeky and cute i can't remember who it was with but i was surprised yeah. that she did it but it was so cheeky and cute and stuff and again it was straddling that line of giving us that glimpse into her personality and who she is as a person, but not going too far. Yeah. Like, I mean, she's really mastered that, that whole art or whatever. And really, I, you know, I feel like she's taught Jay how to do the same thing. Yeah. Cause he, because he definitely was a much more vocal, you know, out there person and stuff like that. And now he's definitely learned how to control and hone his image a lot more. Yeah. He doesn't do a whole influence. lot of talking anymore. Yeah. And I'm not mad at it. Oh, that's definitely, that's definitely be being like, you, I'm going to need for you to say less. Right. So like, don't talk. Say, say less. Yeah, say and less now she's that. got Chloe and Hallie and she's like, you know, building the future. She's finally got, you know, it took a little, you know, her fashion, her, her, her foray into fashion wasn't quite smooth at first or whatever, but she's finally found her lane with Ivy Park, which I like a lot of the original stuff she came out with with Ivy Park and I like the mm-hmm. new line and stuff too. So she's just, I mean, she's doing it all, man. Like, I mean, and so why not have an episode to celebrate her journey from Destiny's Child to, you know, kind of becoming the person that she's become now? Mm-hmm. So when was the first time that you remember seeing Destiny's Child or hearing Destiny's Child? To be honest, I kind of started at the beginning. Like, the first thing I remember seeing is the No, No, No Remix Part 2 video, um, mm-hmm. which people so often forget that it is a remix even though that's how it starts is this is it the literally remix says, this is the remix <laughs> right um and not a lot of people know or like even pay attention to the first one and i was thinking about this when i was you know adding stuff to the show notes like when's the last time you heard the original no 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 or seen the video or like i don't even know if i've seen a performance of them doing the original no no no, no. the only um, original i remember the video because i remember them looking I don't know, you know, and I'm, it was a stylist decision. It obviously wasn't their decision. They were new artists and just doing what they were told. But they look so old in the video. They do. Like in the like in the original. But then the remix, they actually look closer to age. And they were a lot more stylish mm-hmm. and stuff. So thank the Lord that they 
came out with the remix and they did that video because that first video wasn't working. It just they looked like no. they looked like forty year old women and they were teenagers. To be honest, now that I think about it, and I'm like seeing the video for No No No, the original in my head, I feel like the No 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 video is just the jump and jump in video, but slower. Like yeah. It's the same setup. They're in a club and dancing on a stage, and it's weird. Anyways, that's how my brain works. I'm weird like that. But I think that was the first video I remember seeing. I loved that song. I want to say I had it on cassette tape, where like the remix was on one side and the original was on the other. And that was, I think, that was the only thing that was on the cassette tape. I think that was it. Just those two songs. I had it on cassette tape too. Um, and I just love that song. Uh, who didn't love that song? I kind of wish that like she would perform that we'll get into this later but there's so much stuff that she has that Beyonce has recorded that she just kind of pays dust now and I kind of want <laughs> to see a performance of No 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 just one good time me too one good time for the culture <laughs> like I do I'll be, I'll be, um, I want a Destiny's Child reunion tour so bad it's never gonna happen I know <laughs> but I can dream I can dream yeah, the first time you I remember can, seeing them was in, the, was in the No, No, No videos. But the first time I heard them on a song uh, was they were actually on the Men in Black soundtrack with this song called Killing Time. Mm-hmm. And I actually really liked that song a lot. I liked that song. And then the song that they auditioned for, um, for Columbia Records for was called Wide Open. And Kelly actually sung lead on that. If you look on YouTube, you can find their audition tape. Um, and she was huh. actually the anchor singer and really the, the strong, she was the strong part of that performance or whatever that helped them kind of secure that deal or whatever. So it, it's great. You, you know, if you get out on YouTube, guys, check that out or whatever. It's really good. But I really like, um, I really like Killing Time. And so, you know, I didn't know who they were, but I was like, okay, I know I like this song. And then when I saw the No, No, No video, I'm like, oh, I put the names together and it was kind of putting, you know, voices with faces and stuff for the first time. Um, mm-hmm. and like one of the things that I liked about Destiny's Child and just like all of our artists in general, like all the people that we love back then is that everybody had this distinct sound to their voice. And that was yeah, the first thing that is. I noticed was that Beyonce's voice didn't sound like anybody's voice I had ever heard before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They I mean, like, had just, a, yeah, they definitely had a vibe and a sound that nobody else had at the time. Um, and just Beyonce's voice was just so strong even then that you just couldn't not pay attention to her like you were focused on her like yeah she's in a group and you are watching the rest of them but like you were definitely focused on her yeah. at all times well I mean it was kind of hard you know it was kind of hard not to focus on her or whatever because again I think she's got that that aura that charisma and stuff like that I mean again you could be a wonderful singer great voice all of that stuff like that but there's a certain amount of charisma you have to have to be able to bring people in and there's always at least one person in any group that's going to kind of have that stand out mm-hmm. I mean very rarely do you have a group like an in vogue or something like that where everybody is just you know equally just hitting it hard or whatever I mean it definitely yeah. was you know a, a, a vehicle where she shined a lot in um, yeah. like and I mean a Destiny's Child just they were life man like the first, especially the second album, the writings on the wall is still one of my absolutely favorite Destiny's Child albums. Like, it's ever. a great R and B album too. Oh. Just 
it's, it's a fantastic so R&B album. It's so many like deep cuts like on that album or whatever. Like I love Confessions that they did with Missy Elliott. Mm-hmm. I like like Temptation is probably like one of my favorite Destiny's Child songs like ever or whatever. Like I mean, those are some of my like I like like No 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 and right. Dangerously in Love and you know Say My Name and I even really like their Christmas album and stuff too. But like. I, I love the like the cuts that are on each one of their albums. They always had a couple of songs that they never released that I always gravitated towards, as well right. as like the bigger hits that they had. Right. I love If You Leave Her, um, or I think yes. it's just If You Leave with um, Next, and what I wouldn't so give good. to see them perform that song together. Right. Um, because that just, sh- yeah. Like, we could make a list of Destiny's Child songs that should have been a single, and that's going to be up there. Um. Gosh, just so good. Just so, so good. There's a lot of, I think, out of all of their albums, maybe the Writings on the Wall is probably one of my favorite because I remember mm-hmm. dancing to it in high school and, like, just the whole, like, the the skits between the, the album, the, the tracks on that album where it's like, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of the word that I'm looking for. <laughs> commandments like between yes, each, each yes, track the commandments yeah that's the word i'm looking for Thou shall know when he got um, to go it, yes yes <laughs> oh god that album was so good it was and i mean and i and the great thing about it you look back now and it's like yo like beyonce was like still good 17 16 17 and she was like writing these songs that's yeah wild like she like she really came up with say my name out of her brain at that age right how like, right crazy. with bugaboo out of her brain right. at that age like what is wrong with you you there's a there's a clip of beyonce singing something from lemonade uh it might have been no rocket is not on lemonade rocket is on mm-hmm. the album that came before that yeah it's on the beyonce uh, album the self-titled okay. album right so that one she's singing it and she is in the studio with Timbaland and Justin Timberlake. And she does this, like, absolutely bonkers, ridiculous, like, how in the world did you do that run? And Justin Timberlake is just like, long pause. Right. <laughs> Something is wrong with you. <laughs> like, people should not be able to do that. Something is wrong with you. And facts, it's been like that for her entire career. Something is wrong with her. People should not be able to write songs like that at that age. Like, people said the same thing about Michael Jackson when he was younger, and he was like 10 singing Who's Loving You and singing it with such emotion, like his girl had left him, and he's like right. 10. Right. And you're just like, something is wrong with you. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just, again, it's just like a supernatural talent. Like, I mean, that's when somebody had it. Like, she just, she had yeah. it. Like, there was no way. And I know a lot of people. You know, they, they like to say, oh, well, you know, if, you know, the, the popular thing to do is, you know, oh, well, if such and such has survived or, if, you know, if this hadn't happened or if that hadn't happened, yeah. then Beyonce wouldn't be. I believe I don't care who would have lived, who would have died, whatever. Beyonce was always going to be Beyonce. Exactly. No matter what. So, I mean, I'm like, y'all can, as much as people want to try to take that away from her, she mm-hmm. was always going to be Beyonce no matter what because she just had it in her i mean the talent was in her the drive was in her the the, you know i mean just everything was already there and in place no matter what exactly 
Like she was always going to be who she was. And those people were going to be, everything is laid out the way it's supposed to be. Like though, she was always going to be this super megastar. Like there was, there was no other option for her to be perfectly honest. Right. Like it, she's going to be Beyonce, period. Um, yeah, I did. I love so many of the videos though. Like, yeah, I like Survivor. I was like, Survivor, that song shady as it is hell. on purpose. Like that was the first time I I had we had ever heard Destiny's Child like be kind of aggressively shady like that. Because before it was always yeah. about relationships and you know the guy did you wrong and stuff like that. But they were really like, and I mean you know again Beyonce was kind of the same way that she is now, where she just really said less in interviews. Because when that whole situation happened with you know the other girls splitting from the group and everything like that. I mean, of course she's, she's young and her dad is the manager and stuff. So she's kind of quiet, but I can imagine that that was a tough space for her. And so again, that was the first time that we really got a chance to see Beyonce channel her feelings and her thoughts and stuff through the song. Yeah. Especially like, and I think one thing that like doesn't get talked about a lot about that whole situation is yeah, it's, it sucked because those girls had been in the group forever, but like, you know, she grew up with them. Like they've been in a group for a very, very, very long time with each other. They like, were very they close friends. Were very close at a super young age. And right. it, it wasn't just like, we don't have a professional relationship anymore. It's, we don't like, we are just not friends, we're not anymore. friends like, anymore. That had to hurt yeah and no matter what i mean famous or not you're still a teenager and i mean this is somebody that you think about the countless number of hours that they spent together mm-hmm. like what i mean you think about all the time that you spend with your friends growing up and then multiply it by like 10 way more time than any normal people would actually spend together way more time right. i mean right. that's hard for you to just kind of wake up one day and that pretty much be over and then you have to still pick up and carry on you know in this group and now you've got new people in and you're trying to figure mm-hmm. out a dynamic with them. Cause I mean, a lot of people want to be shady towards Beyonce, but you gotta remember she was a kid then. Yeah. She didn't have control over her situation and what was going on. Her dad was in control. I bet she learned so much from that. And that, to have to like adjust, like you, you work with somebody for so long and you get their mannerisms and you get how they work and you get how their brain operates and you know how to right all kind of balance each other out. But even your whether harmony it be, and stuff like that. Like you've yeah, perfected like that all over of that. the years, you know? And to now just like, to have completely different voices in the mix and have to adjust kind of on the fly and, you know, work with somebody that you've never worked with before and you don't necessarily know how they work or how they respond to things or how they learn or you know if they pick up things fast enough and whatnot like it had to be rough especially in the middle of an album like it would be one thing if all of that stuff happened like after right that album was over but like all this stuff happened in I the mean, middle but, of them promoting an album, on and the going album on tour. and it was so crazy the first time i saw the say my name video I was like, who them? Well, I was confused at first because I was like, okay, well, maybe this is just like a dancing, you know, they were all on the couches and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, maybe this is just a a scene with just Beyonce and Kelly and maybe Latoya and Latavia are in another scene together. You know, like they had like broken the right. group in half or something. But then I just kept seeing those other people. And I'm like, no. Nope. So I'm like, the other girls are not in the video? Harper, who, the who this? People? <laughs> 
like yeah, I was like, and then once you kind of put together the pieces and it got like out in the news and stuff, I was like, yo, that that's one video that came out that I wish Twitter had been around for. Yes. Can you imagine like the world premiere of that video? And then everybody just being like, so where the hell is the other two girls? <laughs> right. Oh, these people. Where is the iOS press release? <laughs> like, I don't understand. Like, it was so, it was so nuts. Like, I couldn't believe that. I was like, wow, like y'all really just, like you said, they really just replaced them, like slam in the middle of the album. Like, and they're trying to play us like we won't go notice. Right. Like, like, they didn't say anything. These two people look nothing like the people you had there before. I don't remember like I don't remember a statement happening. Nothing. I don't remember like they literally just showed news up the happening. Nothing. They just showed up and was like, We're in Destiny's Child now. Right. It was and then nuts. had the nerve and so to compound things, not only did they like replace two whole people, but then like a couple months later they kicked they another girl out. Girl. And so you're just like what is going on? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it, had, it had a lot of fans worried. Like, I was worried. I was like, yo, like, this group is really about to, like, disband and break up. Like, I don't know if they're going to be able to survive all of this shifting and stuff or not. And, I mean, right. you know, to my surprise, they made it through and they came out with Survivor. You know, I definitely love that album or whatever. And even the last one, they, the last album that they had together. You know, I mean, I really love that, you know, that final best That album fulfilled. is so good. So good. Oh, like all the songs up there it's definitely one of those albums i can listen to now and not have to skip any tracks exactly like that album is better than it has any right to be. and it was a different sound for them it was a different direction for them you could tell how much they had like you know just really like grown Mm -hmm. as individuals how they had kind of grown into their own artistry and stuff i mean you Mm -hmm. know beyonce you could tell her you know the way her voice is changing and you know, the subject matter she's writing about and stuff like that and how she had just expanded from that point forward. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, she was just, you know, from, from there, it was just kind of like going straight forward. Like it was, it was, it was wild. So like, what are some other Destiny's Child videos that you were into? So one of my favorite Destiny's Child videos and songs is the emotions video. Um, one, just the original emotions by the Bee Gees is already an amazing song. Like, oh yeah. Let's, let's start there. But like they took a song that was already on 10 vocally and turned it up to 15 in a way that I didn't even think was possible. The video had like a um, split screen in there, right? Where all three I was, of them I was getting to different. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, I don't, that's the other thing. Like that video, I don't even understand how like planning that video. It feels like, you know, those movie, those action movies where they have, like, the one long action sequence where it's one take, and you have to make sure you get it in that one take, and you hit your mark to make sure that you don't ruin the shot so everybody has to start over again. Yeah. Like, how many times did they rehearse that? Like, how many, who did the planning for all of that so that, like, when one person picks up the phone to call somebody, then a few seconds later, the other person on the other side of the screen picks up the phone and starts talking to them? Like, how was it that y'all, like, timed everything right so right. that at the end of the video they're all together because whatever has happened and something has gone wrong like that video was beautiful it the is. song was beautiful i mean and the, like, the the emotion they put into it is just like oh you know for lack of a better better word or whatever the best mm-hmm. i just love everything about it i love also, delicious 
They're just so colorful and ridiculous. And I mean, they they just seem like they, and because that was the one they were, I think it was MTV when they were doing like the behind the video Mm -hmm. like shows or whatever. And they had the best time. Yeah, they were having entirely too much fun. They had so much fun. I think that's why I love it so much. Just because, you know, you've seen the behind the scenes stuff and it was so fun and colorful Mm -hmm. and cute and silly. And Stevie Nicks made her appearance and it was great. And I just, I love it so much. Right. I don't think anybody was anticipating Stevie Nicks. That to show song is up, so fun, and I love is. the fact that Stevie Nicks was like into it enough to show up. And how she said before that she like just adores the song. She was like, "I think it's fun. It's cute, you know." Exactly. Uh, do you like the Bootylicious remix? No, I feel bad for saying that, but I don't. <laughs> That's like, that makes me so mad because <laughs> as many times as Beyonce and Missy Elliott have crossed paths, both with Beyonce in Destiny's Child and with Beyonce as a solo artist. That's the one thing that y'all put out together. That was what y'all. I love that song though. I don't like it. I just. I love it. Like I don't judge anybody else for liking it. It's cool, but it's just it's. I mean, I don't hate it. I can totally see how people would like it. The original one. It's definitely a. It's definitely a weird song, but I like weird, so it it works for me. Yeah, and also the something Uh, about the video seemed a little rough. The video is a little they they look a little like in the video. Like Beyonce didn't look like Beyonce. Yeah, it's it's a little it's like go a back and look at it together. and look at like I think maybe it was, I think it was a makeup choice. But she doesn't look like Beyonce. She looks like somebody else that's dressed up like Beyonce. Uh, so it's something it about looks, the video that's like really off putting to me. Yikes! I love the video. I could do without, but I really do like the song, and I don't know why I like the song. I just do. It's kind of fun. It's cheeky. It's ridiculous. Um, and that's just kind of my whole. I mean, that's up, how so, I am with yeah. Bootylicious. I know a lot of people like couldn't stand it and thought it was annoying. I, I like Bootylicious. I thought it was fun. It is fun. It, sometimes you just have to have that song that, like, you know. I think I feel the same way about movies sometimes, where like, you know, you've got the super deep artsy, you right. know, I'm trying to be serious movies and stuff like that. But, but everything doesn't have to. be You got to have the movies that are just fun and ridiculous and bootylicious is just a fun and ridiculous song like you just it gotta is. not take yourself so seriously and just enjoy it and beyonce doesn't seem to mind like she like she's not gonna like perform it or do anything like that but she doesn't seem to mind bootylicious like when she's but talking I about wish it in she would when she's talking about it in retrospect she just kind of has a good laugh at it like okay you know that was a thing and it was fun and it got annoying for a while but now that i'm far removed from it i'm okay with it right so i like that uh. she's okay with it i like lose my breath too that video and that song oh. i'm so glad that that like that when they get together to perform every you know three years that that's one of the songs that they do because that song and that video is amazing like, i love it whole... when they do like a dramatic performance of it you know yeah like and they're the doing whole... it's almost like an opera performance it's great yes i love that video and how it's just like you've got destiny shot over here and you've got like evil destiny's child over here and then there's another <laughs> destiny's child at the end of the video and all three of them are dancing with each other like multiple timelines of destiny's child all at the same time oh my god destiny's child from different earths like the crisis, right the crisis on infinite earths all the destiny's childs came together for an epic battle. oh my god uh into the destiny's child verse <laughs> is what that video is he said evil destiny's child <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which one. I feel like the evil, the the preppy looking ones in the in the burgundy suits are evil Destiny's child. Oh my god, they were scowling. So I I get that they were. 
so I can understand you you saying the beep. I don't know why that got me so bad, but just now I'm thinking about like an evil set Destiny Child. I'm probably gonna have a stupid dream tonight, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, there's Beyonce and then there's evil Beyonce. <laughs> Speaking of you making that voice, uh, we have to not forget, I know we're talking about Destiny's Child, but she was doing this. She did this song while she was with Destiny's Child still, when she was uh, in Austin Powers, and she had that song, Work It Out. I love Work It Out. I, it's one of my favorite I Beyonce, love that song Beyonce songs ever. <laughs> I'm so I'm glad like, I'm not alone. Like I literally thought nobody else really liked that song except for me. No, she was in her like Tina Turner bag with that yes, song. Cause, I love ooh, the video. Child, I love the song. Love it. Like I love everything about that. That was so much fun. Just ridiculous. There's a video floating around the internet of her doing that. I think on 106 and Park. Remember when 106 and Park was a thing? Mm-hmm. Um, loved that performance. Loved that video. The gold and the big hair and the me too. You know, the microphone and the gyrating and everything. I mean, because again, it was so just much. her just having fun. Like, you could just tell that she was just doing something that felt good. It wasn't about trying to make a song that was like a number one hit or anything like that. It was just her like expressing herself, having fun, doing her own thing. I love uh-huh. it. Was a fan. Would love a whole album of songs like with that old school vibe to them. Me too. But, you know, a girl can dream. It's songs like that that I would like to hear her I almost would like to hear her re-record them now mm-hmm. just to see like, you know, with what she's, how she's grown as an artist and stuff, just to see how she would take and approach those songs now, you know? Yeah. It, it would be fun to, fun to listen to or for her to like, you know, she, I've seen, you know, homecoming and everything and how she kind of morphs one song into another song where she doesn't necessarily do the whole thing, but it just kind of becomes one big song with four different songs all in it and stuff like that. I would love to see her Brilliant. take some of the older stuff and throw it in there. Um, sprinkle it in a little bit. So, you know, Beyonce, if you're listening, if you want to bring back <laughs> uh, Work It Out, that'd be great. I mean, she I brings Beyonce, back... Check- I bet Beyonce totally listens to podcasts. She, I can see that. She, she bought back check on it, so, you know, you can bring back Work It Out. Anything's possible. Exactly. So, what's next? Let's see. So, let's move on from Destiny's Child. Let's talk about Beyonce as a solo artist. Okay. Let's do that. How did you feel when Beyonce first went solo? Like, do you remember how you kind of felt about her breaking off from the group and doing her own thing? I... I guess I was mad about it at first because I really, really loved Destiny's Child and I really didn't want that... They were... That last album was so great. And you could have continued to gone on and had an amazing career as a group if you so choose to. Right. Um, and I think, you know, coming from a less informed place, I kind of was like, Beyonce broke up my favorite group type situation. Right. I don't feel that way now, um, obviously. Um, but, you know, I'm fairly certain a lot of people were mad about it and just upset because, you know, Destiny's Child had been pretty consistent for four albums and why stop a good thing if, you know, it's working. Um, but I also understand the whole concept of wanting to go out on top. So, you know, I let them have it. I do remember hyping up. Well, remember her first album came out like a couple of years before Destiny's Child released that last album together. 
Did it really? Yeah, because remember, she came out with Dangerously in Love in like 2003. The Destiny, that final Destiny album was like 04, 05. Because huh. we were seniors well, in high okay. school then. Yeah. I completely so she, forgot yeah, about so that. Kinda, I thought Destiny Shot was yeah, done. Yeah, so she kind of swerved back. It was after the, um, think of the name. It was after the Survivor album, I think, was when she actually went and did her solo uh, thing. And then she came back around to Destiny's Child. They did that five album. And then she went back on to doing... Then that was when she came back and did, like, B-Day and all of that other stuff. So I don't know. Okay. I, mean, I had mixed feelings about it. Like, I mean, I was kind of like you two were like, uh, you know, does this mean we're not going to get any more Destiny's yeah. Child stuff anymore? But yeah, I was kind of curious to see, like, what she was going to do on her own. Because, I mean, I right. was coming from a writer's perspective and stuff like that, like one of my favorite things to do was to get a CD and look at the liner notes. And so I knew she was a writer and, you know, I knew what song she was responsible for, like lending her voice to. So I was like, it'd be kind of cool to see, you know, what she's going to do on her own. And then once I saw the dangerously, like not dangerously in love, once I saw the crazy in love video, you know what I'm thinking about? Oh, I'm good. This is great. I love it. it. What I was going to say is I remember when she came out with her first album was also the first year they did the BET awards. And the big thing for that show was going to be mm-hmm. her debuting her first ever solo single. And then I'm also thinking about the fact that they also did right. Cater to You later, like a couple of years after that first performance. So yeah, that, that makes sense going back. Right, yeah. Right. That was when they, so brought, like, that was I, when they brought the dudes up on stage. Mm-hmm. I remember that performance when she did uh, Crazy in Love with her and Jay. She had on the that silver. Was, like, the silver no, that was Deja Vu. She actually had on the outfit from well, like a similar outfit from the oh. Crazy in Love video. And like, she had the, Oh yeah. Yeah. She had yeah. the big, um, yeah, she did. She had her name on the stage. It said Beyonce. And like, she came through, like she was on top of her name at one point, And then like the stage, like there was a trap door or something like that, that sunk. And so she like walked out of one of the letters. I remember that. Um, yeah, the I mean the like I want to say she like, opened the show too. Down that street, yeah, with the shorts and the tank top and the pump zone, I was like, like yeah. if, I was like, oh, if I'm not she, mis- she got it, right? This is good. If I'm not mistaken, How soon she opened can I that, buy like, this album. That, that was that. <laughs> she may have yes with the I, silver dress. I vaguely remember that performance. I remember the deja vu one with like more. the silver appliques all over her. Yeah. Yes, it was. Oh, her hair was like great too, like big yeah. and curly and just B Day's one of my fantastic. favorites. I don't know. I love B Day. I'll talk more about that later, but I like B Day as an album. Well, I mean, I don't know. I feel it's it's weird with B Day because it seems like she just like uh-uh. pretends like that album never happens. Like when I've seen her in concert and stuff, she doesn't do songs from it. She doesn't really talk about it. But I really like it a lot yeah. for like a lot of reasons. Like I like the songs up there because they were really eclectic and different from her first mm-hmm. album. Her first album, I feel like she was still trying to hold on to a lot of that like R&B pop-ish sound, but she like branched out and started doing different stuff on B-Day. Yeah. And, you know, then I remember when she came out with it and she released all the videos for every song and like how the videos were so different and creative and stuff. Like to me, it was the first time she really yeah. showed her, showed exactly. her mindset for wanting to approach an album, like an album instead of just a bunch of singles. You know what I'm saying? And like people weren't, people had stopped doing that. Like Mike, Janet, people like that would do, you know, would do things like that. But nobody in the newer generation was doing that. And that's the first time that Beyonce had ever done that. And so I think it really kind of laid the foundation for what we saw later on with 
you know, with the Beyonce album, the self-titled album and with Lemonade, mm-hmm. you know, with the, you know, the visual she came out with that, like that started with exactly. me. So I find it weird that she just kind of is like, uh, you know, I'm just gonna pretend like that album don't exist. I don't know why she don't like it. I don't it. either. Like, and it's got... Like, and the and the fan, like, fans always talk about that. Like, the Beehive is always like, why do you hate B-Day? We love it. What's wrong with you? Right. But I mean, she's gonna answer that just like she's gonna give y'all the Formation World Tour DVD. So there's that. Right. There's no answer. <laughs> but she had she had things and incorporated stuff in there and looks that nobody had ever done before like i had never seen anything like that before right ma'am it was crazy uh so i think yeah i'm like i mean definitely and i feel like generally speaking most fans seem to like b-day mm-hmm. but it's it's <laughs> i mean she treats it like a like a like the redheaded stepchild right like she just is like you know i that didn't happen i didn't do that yeah that album doesn't exist to me yeah we're just gonna like i may sing a song off of there every, every now and then but i will never grace y'all with the you know grace y'all with the pleasure of me performing those songs <laughs> just listen to the album and sing them in your head right you have those memories in your own mind <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe she said that in an interview she was like prince said you don't need a recording of that you can replay it in your own mind. So replay the Formation World Tour in your own mind. It's like, mind. you are such a troll. <laughs> like Terrible. And I want that DVD too, because that concert was amazing. So here's my thing about the Formation World Tour. So I would like to point out that I have never seen Beyonce live in concert, but I've seen, you know, videos and performances and Beachella is one of the greatest things ever in the history of the world. And so... Mm-hmm. Formation World Tour is the one with the big box with the screens and stuff like that. Like the the box that moved around that was like a video screen box. Yeah, well, they did that. And then they also had like some open areas, like almost like a, a box with cutouts in it where they would have some of the band and stuff. They did that. And she also did something similar with On the Run, too. Okay. I mean, because, you know, she has like her long um, catwalks and everything. Right. So she would have like two or three of those catwalks. She had the big screens that would move back and forth and then they would separate and it would show like the band and certain dancers and stuff inside of those screens. Okay. Like it was brilliant. Like Demetrius went with me um, when we saw the On The Run 2 tour. And I mean, he he went more so for the Jay-Z factor. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was like, I mean, he likes Beyonce fairly enough or whatever, even though when he used to drive his old Impala, he has a system in there. And one of his favorite songs to play in there was Single Ladies because he was like, yo, he was like, I know I look kind of ridiculous as like a dude like riding around he was like but that song slaps in my car he was like like it slaps harder than any other song that i play he was like like the bass that beyonce puts in her songs is crazy yikes uh i mean but i mean he wasn't the only one like a bunch of dudes like like to listen to beyonce if they have a system in their car because her songs are bass heavy yeah they are they are um but like yeah but when we saw that like he was super impressed with the with him being like a mechanical engineer mm-hmm. you know guy he was really impressed with like the stage setup he was like yo like yo this is this is nuts i've never seen anything like that's this. something that's something i always watch when i go to shows since i have a background in like performance and things of that nature and putting stages together and so mm-hmm. i'm always amazed by what she does but like the formation world tour is the one that's got like the big like tower in the middle of the stage of like video screens it spins and separates and does yeah. okay so mm-hmm. my thing is i feel like that doesn't just that element of the show alone like it's a thing you have to experience in real life it's not yeah. something that's probably going to video well 
so you can understand what's going on. Like, she's so meticulous about her shows, and I feel like it's, uh, you're not gonna get, like, with a lot of her other stage shutups, it's different, and it photographs very well, or, like, you can take videos of it very well. Like, the videography for Beachella mm-hmm. is sick. Like, the, I remember seeing that one video of the guy, um, when they were doing Yonce and like he's going down the steps and like has to be very careful to not trip and fall down the steps. <laughs> oh yeah, it was great. I, that's what I was warning. I was like, who is the person videoing this? Because I definitely would have ate it on them. Steps. And there's a video of like actual Beachella where you're seeing it from the crowd and seeing him come down the steps and follow her. And then there's a video of him, like I guess he might have had like a GoPro on or something like that so you can see him going down the steps and following her and then going off to the side and that's so Mm -hmm. impressive and I feel like the Formation World Tour would not like logistically speaking like it does not video well so you wouldn't get the full experience if it was on video. It definitely was something that I was like you know you kind of need to be in the building to really be able to right to really be and to just understand what's going on because I've seen it and it's like parts of it where like they have it they have stuff going on on like the 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 edges of the screen but then like the video of the actual concert in the middle and it's like the two elements are interacting with each other like that doesn't Mm -hmm. it kind of looks great but like it's from somebody's crappy camera phone in the audience and so like you're not getting as cool as it can be watching it from somebody's crappy video phone like it's just yeah that makes sense that's my theory about the Formation World Tour. So, y'all ain't never getting that. Y'all can hang that up. <laughs> yes, but for anybody that is a, any any kind of fan or has any kind of respect for Beyonce as an artist and what she does, like, it is, those two tours were, like, two of the best tour experiences yeah. of my life. Like, absolutely phenomenal. If there is, I mean, if she goes, when she goes on tour again at some point, if there is a way that I can get to her tours from now until whenever she decides to stop performing, like I'm trying to go. Right. It's always fantastic. Like so much fun. The way that she just, you know, mixes the music together. Her band is just like mm-hmm. ridiculous. Like, I mean, all women crazy talented. Right. Like, I mean, it's just, it is the best. The dancers, the lighting, I mean, you know, everything is just, everything about it is just like amazing or whatever. Everything is so well done. Everything is so well put together that you can tell that she thought about every single element of every single thing from. Yeah. And there's not a bad seat like at all. Every angle, you know, everybody that was sitting from all sorts of angles were like, you know, just amazed by like <laughs> when those screens moved back and that joint opened up and there were people in boxes like dancing and stuff. And they had like this red, like, you know, floodlight on the back of them or whatever. So they kind of, you could just see like their silhouettes or whatever. I was like, this is nuts. You know, yeah. like it's just so like, many things the best. to, and and that just shows that like one she's all she's a genius in her own right but like she also hires really great people because there's no way mm-hmm. she can do all of that by herself so she hires right. amazing people to make sure that the vision that she's got in her head comes forth and that just makes her a great boss on top of being amazing in her own right just being able to like pick people to make sure that what she wants to come across right comes across like not everybody and has that skill Beyonce 
I'm just still so amazed that people can be involved <laughs> and literally nothing leaks. Well, I'm be- like, I'm fairly certain she has a very large team of lawyers and NDAs. I mean, I get that or whatever, but it's still just so, I mean, again, like in today's world, like that's just still so incredible. Right. Like the whole thing with Lemonade, all of that came together. All of that happened and nobody knew. Yeah anything about anything nobody said nothing that were involved nobody said anything like not even didn't leak like a single tiny smidge of anything out to anybody like even with all the ndas and lawyers and all that stuff i don't care like i mean usually something gets out yeah somehow like i mean so that to me that's just a testament of the respect that people have for her exactly Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's it's like the respect that she has, and then the, and then her just being really meticulous and careful about who she chooses to let into her space. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And that's a lesson that we all can learn, no matter if you're you know a performer, if you work in business, no matter what or whatever. Like I mean, there's so many business, good business lessons and life lessons that you can learn from Beyonce, and that's like that's one of my favorite things about her, just as uh you know as an artist and just the way that she handles business as a person you know exactly like i just read an article somewhere that said that she had an oscar party but nobody knows who was there (laughs) and i mean that's what i'm saying nobody (laughs) knows what went down because everybody had to sign an nda and they just and everybody kept the damn mouth right i bet i bet those parties are wild too because like no cameras you know that nothing that you do is gonna get out what the amount of cutting up i would be doing well, yeah, I mean, and it's great that she can do that and get, have a space where she could just be herself and let loose and not have to worry about exactly. it. But again, she knows the right people to bring around where she don't have to worry about no foolishness. Right. Like, I mean, and that's such a big thing. I mean, for me, that's kind of like outside of the music and just loving her music and stuff. That's how just her whole way of handling business and the way that she conducts her life. Um, and when she's talked about like, you know, motherhood and she's talked about, um, you know, her relationship and stuff like that. I have a lot of respect for her in that area, but I mean, to me, Beyonce has been an inspiration to just fight for what you deserve. Mm -hmm. Don't accept anything less to make sure that when you're approaching a project that you're, you know, to just look at it at the wide scope and just not only just the wide scope, but to look at all the fine details and how they come together and stuff too, Mm -hmm. because those things matter and they matter more and they mean more people than what you think, even down to, you know, color choices and stuff that she makes. Right. So I'm not in the same creative field, but I try to apply that to what I do as a writer, the word choices, the phrasing and stuff yeah. like that, that you use the care, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, right now I'm working on a, you know, a project where I'm trying to show people how to be more inclusive and in how they write and how they talk about different subjects or whatever. Cause all of those things, the care that you put into that people notice exactly. Even when you think they won't notice, you know what I'm saying? It's always like, I mean, and then the way that we react to stuff, we're in charge of that. People can say whatever they want to say. Right. But we're in charge of what we give our energy to. Absolutely. And I mean, and that's Beyonce 100%. She don't give her energy to no bullshit. She definitely does and not. And we shouldn't she, either. She is like the queen of that. She's like, you know what? Honest, like we were talking about Survivor earlier and how great that song is. It's like, instead of me trash talking you in the media, I'm just going to write a song and make money off of that song. Right. Like, and that's what she's been doing ever since. Yeah. Like, I mean, the whole thing, she ain't sitting down talking about her and Jay's relationship. They made albums and made their coin and said what they were going to say in them songs. And that was it. 
And that's it. You ain't heard nothing else about it. And that's all you're getting. You better be happy right. with that, because that's all you're getting. But honestly, that's all you really deserve. Because, I mean, we we have no people, and that's the problem that with people nowadays or whatever, is that they feel like, because of social media, I think, and stuff, and feeling like there's quote-unquote closer to an artist, that they yeah. somehow have stake or claim over them, and they don't. They don't owe you anything. Not anything but the album or the ticket that you bought. Right. That's it. They give you they give you the they give you the album. They give you the performance if you go to the thing. And outside of that, you you have no you know all, no um troll control over their life. They have autonomy over their own life and how they present it. Exactly. You know. Exactly. And Beyonce is the queen of just like I. You get what I give you. <laughs> like. Right. You can like it or not, but this is it. Right. And there's always this constant you know commotion around her all the time or whatever. But she's she never has anything to do with it. No. Like, I mean, you have some certain artists out there who I won't get into, but a lot of times their fans are, you know, kind of rabid and doing some wild stuff. And they. It's always they, drama. I'm not going to say they. Yeah, they, they incite that stuff with their fans. Yeah, they do. And they, they promote that type of behavior and stuff. She's never promoted any of that stuff. People do. When people act crazy over Beyonce, they do it on their own volition. Right. Ain't got nothing to do with what Beyonce asked them to do or not do. They just be out here just acting wild just because they want to. All kinds of crazy. You know? All kinds of But people of are nuts. mad at her about the way that, you know, other, you know, people are acting. But that has nothing to do with her. Never has she ever told her fans to go and act a complete fool and post little <laughs> little B emojis on people's Instagram page <laughs> and all the stuff that people do. That was hilarious. I... <laughs> Listen, the Beehive, wow. Like, I'm like, y'all got to. Like, I'm definitely a Beyonce fan, but I'm not like a super, like, Beehive. Like, yeah. You know, I'm not about to go to nobody's page and post no emojis and stuff like that, but it's funny. It's just funny. It's hilarious. Like, I remember... And people have such strong feelings about her. They do. And I don't and understand. It's so you know? I remember when... I don't know what he said. I don't remember what he said because it was probably something stupid. But Kid Rock said something about her and his entire <laughs> Instagram page, like the whole thing, was nothing but be emojis for weeks. <laughs> Oh my god, they they be going in on people like Force Annihilation. Like, oh, we don't know if god. she bit Beyonce or not. And y'all was putting, they was out there putting B emojis on this woman page. I'm like, stop listening to Tiffany Head. How do you know she this woman bit Beyonce? <laughs> I think it, Tiffany out here trolling y'all. I think it was Tiffany. And now y'all out here posting B emojis, B emojis on this on this woman page. I think it was Tiffany. I don't it think it was Annihilation. <laughs> Poor Sanaa, she just, and she probably wondering what the heck is going on. How like, did I get involved in this? she seems like somebody that doesn't really pay attention to like the media circuit right. or any of that stuff like that. So can you imagine you just log on to Instagram one day to post a picture of you smelling a flower and then the next thing you know, everybody's got like a thousand bee emojis and it's telling you that you're going to die because you bit bees. Right. Like talk <laughs> about the strangest <laughs> story in the history of the world. Like Tiffany, <laughs> t- why did you have to do this? Why? Just I don't understand. Have we seen Tiffany at a Beyonce function since then? Uh, Have we seen anybody at a Beyonce function, period, outside of like the Rock Nation brunch? But I don't think so. I'm going to go with a no. (laughs) Listen, if Beyonce ever invite me to anything, you don't have to worry, Beyonce. I won't say a word to my best friends, my mama, right. my lord. I won't say nothing to anybody. Right. She be having events. I'm just trying to get in the function. You know? She be having like, events and you don't find out about it until like eons later. Like, 
Right. When she randomly, you know, when she got married the first, well, when they got married originally, like they had a whole wedding, and you didn't see videos of it until Beyonce years later. Jay Z got married, and literally the first time you saw the video was when she shared it during a tour, right? During the formation tour, right? She had like a years later, like a birthday party where it was, um, like the seventies thing, yeah, stuff. like a Soul Train thing. Oh, she looked so cute. You didn't hear about it till later. Right, she looked adorable. She did, and I did like the video of her dancing with with Jay Z or whatever. I was like, "Y'all are cute. Y'all are super cute." <laughs> like, you don't find out about Beyonce stuff until eons later, and I love it. It's probably one of my favorite things about her is how close to the chest she keeps everything. Me too. I mean, to me, she's like Beyonce is pretty much everything that yeah most women want to be. Like, she got it all, man. She's, she's beautiful, you know, and got sex appeal because every person that's no, pregnant don't. doesn't have sex appeal. But she's beautiful and has sex appeal. Super talented, like wildly talented, rich, adoring fans, creative as heck. Like I mean, she she got everything that most women would aspire to. Uh-huh. Most women would aspire to have, even if you take out the whole thing of you know, because I know that. You know, marriage and kids definitely aren't for everybody and stuff. You, you could take all that stuff out of the equation and just focus on her just as a human being, just her alone. And it's like, wow. Like, Same. I want to be like Beyonce. She's dope as hell. Like, and she seems like such a cool person. And I like how in recent years, she's really starting yes. to let her personality and stuff shine through just a, just enough, just enough. So that way you want to like hang around yeah. her and, and be My around My favorite her thing stuff. that she's done recently, um, I have not purchased any Ivy Park myself, but I did enjoy like going to the website and seeing like the little videos of her dancing around in the different outfits, just being goofy. Like it's my favorite thing in the so whole wide cute. world. Like just being goofy and ridiculous and having fun. Like I love goofy Beyonce. Right. I mean, cause you know, it's so, I mean, she, she's gotten elevated up so much that sometimes it's almost hard to just, it's, it's mm-hmm. easy to forget that she's just a regular person. You know what I'm saying? So just to see her like delight and have fun and like those regular moments. Yeah. I love stuff like that. Like years, I remember years ago when um, Monique oh, did those that are fun. tribute to her, the Crazy in Love tribute where she was dancing. Her reaction to that was so great to me because she was just, I mean, she was shocked, of course, because she didn't realize she was going to do that. And of course, she's like just getting into her solo career and all the stuff like that. So she hadn't mm-hmm. become like Beyonce, Beyonce, yeah, or whatever. And she was just so delighted and dancing and like the biggest smile on her face. Like she was just like so, she was so honored. Like, oh my gosh, you know, like right. me, like, you know, she's doing like a parody of me. Exactly. It's just me, you know? Ugh. I loved those. That was probably one of, one of my favorite like Beyonce moments is seeing mm-hmm. Monique do that. Cause she did that for years too. She did so it like at least two or three times where she was doing, doing Beyonce. Oh, they it was getting it. Killed like, it every time. Every single time. I was like, go ahead, Monique, or whatever, but not mad at it at all. I don't know. It's so many good, like, Beyonce and Destiny's Child moments. I remember there was a video out. I think they were doing, like, a documentary series or something for probably MTV, you know, VH1, something like that. And they had gone behind the scenes, and and, um, Destiny's Mm -hmm. Child had gotten nominated for a Grammy. And they were so hype. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's it's so wild to look back at it now because now, I mean, a Grammy is just like another day for her. You know what I'm saying? 
oh, I'm nominated for a Grammy again. You know, I'm winning another Grammy right. again. I mean, it's just so like routine and commonplace for her. But to see her excitement, right? Yeah, I, mean, I she think she's got like 24 or something. I was so excited back then or whatever. I can't even imagine. You know, I'm not in that creative field, but I can't even imagine what that would feel like for me. That would be like if I wrote a book and it became like a New York Times bestseller. Like that's got to be like one of the, like the epitome because everybody uh -huh. wants to be, you know, recognized for the things that they do. I can imagine that as a singer and being in a group that that's probably like one of those moments that you dream right. about. And I think about, you know, all the hard work that they put in, how she said that they used to have to run a mile and sing at the same uh -huh. time. And so that's how she built her stamina up and stuff, you know, like all that work they put in. And it felt like that one moment they were like, oh, my gosh, our dreams are really coming true. All the hard work has paid off. Right gotta be amazing it's just been so much fun to watch her go from the 16 year old little girl we remember when you mm -hmm. know no 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 came out to like who she is now like i it's one of my favorite things about like we remember seeing the no 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 video and then her performing at the first ever bet awards to her performing at the super bowl like one of the first women to do the super yeah. bowl ever by herself um, no features, no special guests, no nothing. Just her up there killing it. Right. I mean, it's just, it's... For 20 it's minutes. It's wild to see. I mean, and again, Beyonce's literally, I mean, for us, she's a pillar in our music experience, you know? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, because she's been around for so long, most of our lives. She's been doing this, and she's, exactly. I mean, consistent. And still going strong, still have a presence and stuff. And to be able, especially in today's world where attention is so fleeting and you have so uh -huh. many different things that are competing for people's, you know, people's lights and people's ears and stuff like that. You've got people being pulled in literally a million different directions and everything uh -huh. she does commands immediate attention. And she don't even Absolutely. have to say anything. She posts a photo on Instagram and it's literally every news place is reporting about a photo of her standing. Absolutely. Her Instagram is right. amazing. But I mean, the thing, it's so carefully curated. Yes, it is. And I love it. Like, it's the best. I mean, uh, everything that she does is just so calculated and curated. I and mean, she's the most Virgo of Virgos ever. Epitome of yes. a Virgo. Oh, my God. And I mean, my, my oldest is a Virgo. And I mean, she's literally like already the same way. Just, I mean, everything is carefully curated. Everything has a plan. Just extremely, when they get into something, they just get extremely focused and deep into a very type A personality, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, everything has to be a very particular way or mm -hmm. else it's just not good enough. Or unless it's just not right. It's either the particular way that they have it in their head or it's not right. Yep. Mm, I mean, we could literally talk about Beyonce all night. Listen, all night. The best. Speaking of all night, I think all night from Lemonade is my favorite Beyonce song. Like it's just so it's so pretty and it is it's heartfelt and I just the whole concept of you know like reconciliation and moving forward. I love the video, like where they were just filming all of these different like everyday couples coming together and they you know they did. Um, heterosexual couples they had gay couples they you know just did a nice mix of you know interracial couples and stuff and just seeing the love and stuff in that video like it's one of my favorite Beyonce songs um mm -hmm. what else I love me myself and I talk about another song I wish you would stop paying dust 
never sings it. And I love that song. Absolutely one of my favorite Beyonce songs. I love that. I love Naughty Girl. I like Naughty mm-hmm. Girl's video. That was a fun video. Man, I wish she would have actually done a collaboration with Usher. Why? Give us the things that we want, Beyonce. There's so many things that we want, and she's just not going to give it to us. And it just makes me sad. Yeah. I would have loved a collaboration with Usher, because I wasn't it the video, and I, I know you know the one I'm talking about, where Usher was singing Bad Girl, mm-hmm. and she came out and danced with him and stuff, and I'm like, yep. why can't we get nice things like this? Why can we Why can we not get a song with the two of y'all together? Because and now I feel like this ship has like sailed a, on that. Uh, it definitely has. Like that's because I don't know what she's doing right now. I don't think he's Usher out here with wild Usher hair. Doing. <laughs> Usher doesn't know what Usher is doing. Yeah, he's out here with wild hair and, and doing the absolute most. But I don't know. It's I mean, it's hard to like pick one because there's so many songs I like. Like on four, I I love uh, I miss you. Uh huh. That's probably one of my. That's probably my favorite song on that album. I like the four album anyway because I think that was the first time she was really kind of coming into her own. Like that was after she had gotten rid of her dad as the you know manager and you know she was turning thirty and her life was just like changing a lot. And you could tell that she was changing a lot, you know. Right. And I think that album was just her just making music that she wanted to make and not really trying to make something that was necessarily going to be, you know, Oh, I'm, you know, going to, this song is going to be like a number one song, you know? Right. Yeah. You could definitely tell when she was starting to take the reins and experiment and try different things and, you know, just come into her own and became the one word name of Beyonce that we all know and love. Um, love that album. I think my favorite Beyonce song is I care. Um, I like that too. and don't hurt yourself. Um, I love, you know me, I love rock music. So any song that's got a heavy rock influence, I'm just 1000% here for. So I like, I was so happy. I care was a part of be jealous. Like I stayed up, Yeah. you know, they played it like right, like again, right after, like I stayed up to make sure that I like screen grabbed that. Cause that's one of my favorite songs ever by her. I wish should have been a single. Yeah. Wish that's was a, a video. Another song that should have been a single. Also love End of the Time because um, that End of Time stomp is iconic. I like it. Should have been an official single. Like, I don't think, like, it had a video, but I don't think it was, like, a set up as a single single. Um, and it, it should have been. End of Time is amazing. It is. It's good. Is there a song, is there a Beyonce song that you don't like? Like, I mean, like, really don't like? Uh, I don't really like single ladies. I'm really over it. Um, I mean, I don't dislike it, but I mean, if I never hear it again, I'd be okay. I was actually listening to Homecoming earlier, and I really just don't like Drunken Love. Like, I just don't. (laughs) I think I, I think I did at one point, and I just don't like that song. Do you feel like you just got like worn out on it, or? Uh, That's very possible, but I just don't. I don't. I don't like it. I'm not a, not a fan at all. Um, I don't about like the, the Bow Down song. Like, yeah, I've always hated that song. I think I went on a rant in a class one day about that song. I'm like, that song is unnecessary. You don't right. need to say things like that. You are already at the top of your game. So. I didn't understand. Yeah, I didn't understand the point of that. Like, it kind of went without saying. I guess she felt like she had to, like, you know, get it out there and have that aggressive moment or whatever. But I don't know. It's, it's nothing about the song that I like. That's probably the 
only Beyonce song that I can say like I strongly dislike that song like there are songs that I necessarily don't care like single ladies I don't hate it or anything but that's probably one song that I'm like I hate that song yeah I didn't like I've been on at first but Beachella made me like it Mm, I don't know if I really like it that much do you like Beyonce as a rapper I do okay just curious yeah it's okay I do I mean I like Beyonce as a rapper or whatever I love ape shit. It's great. Mm-hmm. Same. Same, same. Beyonce is one of Genesis' favorite rappers, and I find that to be amusing. But also, I understand. Right. I also love, um, Beachella's, like, my favorite thing ever, because I just love band music. Um, Top Off is my jam. I, I love Top Off and Maybach. It's the best. Songs like that are great, because she's the best part of the song. Right. It's like when she did lift off with uh, Jay and Kanye. I just want to hear her sing the hook. Right. I don't want them to rap. I just want to go past all the rapping stuff. I just like when she sings <laughs> when she sings the hook. That's the only right. reason I like that song. Yeah. I like Seven Eleven. I like that video. I do too. And I like the song. That it's was so fun. much fun. Again, that's that's Beyonce having you know fun. Beyonce. I like fun. Beyonce. Right. Shot on like an iPhone eight or something like that. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. That's dope. Yeah. Whichever iPhone was out at the time is the one they shot it on. Yeah, I didn't know that. Sure. I can see that though, but I like that. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. So for me, my dream Beyonce collaborations would be Megan Thee Stallion, Normandy. Which ones are yours? I, like I said, I love her rock influences, so I would love to see her do like another collaboration with, um, like with Jack White from the White Stripes. Um, oh, yeah. And to be honest, I would love to see her do um, Go With Me Here. Um, do you remember when Jay-Z did Collision Course with Linkin Park? I mm-hmm. would love to yeah. see her do something like that with a complimentary artist. Um, now, who that complimentary artist is, I don't know. Um, I'm always going to vote for Missy Elliott. I would love to see them do like a full project yes. together. Where's the Give two of them? the Missy things. Going back and forth. Um, I would also love to see her do something with like a Lenny Kravitz. Um, and I know Miguel has written for her, but they haven't actually done a song together. And I would love to see the two of them just go back and forth with each other. Like, I would love that so much. That would be dope. Yeah. So those are my dream Beyonce collaboration, especially Lenny. Love I it. think her and Lenny would do some, make some magic. <clears throat> love it. We have to do We'll, we'll end up having to, we'll have to circle back around to a Beyonce conversation later. There's still a whole lot to say. Still a whole lot to say, but we're also running low. Yep. So, how do you guys feel about Beyonce? What are your favorite videos? What are your favorite songs and albums and Beyonce moments? Destiny's Child moments, songs, albums, everything. Let us know how you feel about Beyonce, both during her time with Destiny's Child as well as her solo career and kind of where you see it going. Hit us up on Twitter at hashtag Nostalgia Mix Pod. We will be back there. We hadn't been around too much lately, but if you guys will keep a conversation going with us, let people know that we're out there, then we're more apt to show up more often because we want to be able to chat with you guys online. So hit us up there. 
Subscribe to us, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. We're on Podbean as well. And just spread the word because we've got great things coming in 2020. And we look forward to chatting with you guys next time. Take care. Bye.